What's up, everybody? We're We're back for another episode of The Boner Fiends. That's not it. That doesn't even sound right. Boner Fiends? Is that what he said? Did he say Fiend? Boner Fiends. Wow. Dude, honestly, I I don't really want to get into it. I just want to mention it. I haven't been able to get it up recently. Wow. Getting right into it. Yeah, but let's skip over that. Let's just move forward. I feel like we can't. I don't know. I f- that's that that seems like a like a big that, thing to that, announce, and yeah, then kind of yeah. and just kind of just completely skip it. You know. So I came in a little too hot, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, a little, I little like too that. hot, a little too heavy. Okay, no, it was good. I think it ties into today's topics pretty good because you know who didn't have a problem getting it up? My boy. I should no, say that. He's, no, no, that's horrible. No, yeah, that wasn't it. I'm not editing that out either. I hope people chastise you for that. Are you talking about about Jeff? (laughs) Yeah, dude. Our boy Jeff. Fucked up story. There's so much like darkness and stuff going on in the world right now. Oh, man. And it's just like, so this is so much worse. Not worse. This just adds to the badness. badness. So it's like, yeah, dude, it's like we got all this fucking terrible like police brutality and, and, it's it's systematic racism and child pedophilia it's just like what it, what why even try i think it's, i'm out i don't know this is my last episode you guys don't have to see me yeah anymore. I, I think after the last two weeks we need to move on from it's fucking crazy dude it is i mean it's been like the craziest two weeks in recent history yeah i mean i think that i mean i hope that a lot of progress is made though like, yeah but well, that's the plan yeah We've done a lot of good stuff around our area, which is cool. There's been a lot of a lot of good things, a lot of people uniting, and I, I just hope that it it resonates with a lot of folks. You know, peacefully. I think that's the biggest. Oh, yeah, biggest it's been good. Definitely, definitely. It's been good. We haven't had any issues with any riots or looters or anything. And even you know, I mean, I'm of the party that I think that it's all necessary to draw attention to it because as of thus far nothing has changed. Like it's been the same thing for 400 years. You know what I mean? Even yeah. if, I don't know. I mean, that's I the thing. It's, it's, it's wild that it even got to this point that we even have to do these types of things. You know what I mean? It's a necessity though. You know know, I mean? it, no, yeah. I, I'm not saying it's like wrong that we're doing it. It's just crazy that we still have to do something like that. I know it's such an it's, easy thing. It's just don't hate other yeah, people. That's, it's like, just, at its core, it's like such an easy thing to uh, fix, but it doesn't seem that way because we're we're still here. Yeah, so yeah, we're still here. So, do you guys think that? Because I I I, I kind of found myself on the other side. Like, I understand why they're doing it, but I also think there is a great majority of people who are looting, who are rioting, and they don't care about the cause. One hundred percent. That's one hundred percent. I mean, but but also, you know what I mean. What can you do? Can you can't fucking quiz everybody who's coming through and being well, like oh are you oh, here for the right reason oh, yeah no, 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 exactly. no i'm not saying you should i'm just saying i i think it's getting to a point where all this stuff has come up online and on you know news outlets and everything and i i feel like we're losing the point of why this all started like it's branching no. off into a bunch of no, different no, things no, no, not no. at all you don't think so no, well, people try people try i think people try to change what the conversation is but like ultimately it comes down to black lives matter Yes, but they don't to a lot of people, and that narrative needs to change, and that the the focus of the conversation needs to stay on racial inequality and the problems that we have in this country with yeah. systemic racism, especially in in the police force who are 
their whole job is apparently to protect citizens. But when you see them basically militarized by the president against citizens of the United States, it's a fucking problem. And I think that, I mean, shit, let's, we might as well fucking talk about it. Uh, I'm a Saints fan. I don't know if that's ever been brought up. I'm a big football fan. I'm a Saints fan. And the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees, uh, it's, it's the same issue. He, he did an interview. He, was asked about what he thinks about players kneeling in the upcoming NFL season. And just like it was two years ago, he turned it into, well, I don't support anybody disrespecting the flag. Yeah. Which, and like, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough because it's like, feel how you feel. You know what I mean? I, it, it, it just was never about that. Kaepernick kneeling was never about disrespecting the flag in the military. 100%. It, was, it was about the same thing that we're fighting now it was it's about racism it always has been and so that's why i think he received such harsh backlash is because he he's 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 taking it the wrong way it's it's the wrong message that he yeah is turning it into and the reporter baited him into it and is drew Brees racist fuck i don't think so at all you have to look at all the good that he's done for the community of new orleans as a state or louisiana as a state new orleans as a community and city I mean, he's donated over thirty-three million dollars to the city in his 33 life. Thirty-three million. Yeah, it's been just total total donations to anything. I mean, in he donated five million dollars to coronavirus relief. Donated five million dollars to Katrina relief when that happened. And you know, I think it's something like sixty percent or something of Louisiana's population is is African American. So it's like. Can you call him racist? I don't think that's it. I think he is an entitled rich white person from Texas who's probably conservative Republican. Sorry if you guys hear any noise. My neighbor's kid is a dick. Um, but, you know, he's it, – it's that thing. It's like it, I think a lot of those convictions are hard to change when you're born in a military family or born in a severely religious family. It's hard to get out of that that mindset. Now, what he said definitely was not okay, and he deserves all the backlash that he's he's getting from it. But I think I, this is such a, a touchy thing because I can't really like tell people how to feel as a, a white privileged person. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I can't say that that people need to give him a chance. But in my opinion, I think the only way to move forward in this is by education and allowing people to show that they can change their minds via action, if that yeah. makes sense. And I also think that what he said, he wasn't countering everything that's going on. I don't think he disagrees with like the peaceful protesting. And no. I, I don't know. Me, I don't know. Well, I, see, the whole thing is that he didn't address that outright in the yeah, first interview, right, which is right. that's the problem. That's what the problem yeah. stems from. Mm-hmm. So now it's up to him. He apologized. And to to prove that you – are an ally and you do support the cause that is so important and to get the reform that we need, especially because he's looked up to by so many people and he's, exactly. he has the ability and platform to be a, a help to this. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so huge platform. Now, now it comes down to take the actions that you need to take and help this because you have the ability to. That's so, what it is. Yeah. You can, you can and, apologize and, as much as you want, but he has to show it through action and right. Right. But at the same time, I think that it's also important that people need to be able to forgive that 
if he proves himself. Does that make sense? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know if you can say ultimately he's a horrible person and he's a racist because I think his past actions have proved against that. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so initially, even even the teammates of his came out against him. I don't know if you guys saw Malcolm Jenkins' video. It was very powerful. I very, didn't. Very powerful. I, I heard about it. I didn't see it. So, I mean, so, I mean, it's, it's, those conversations need to be had. And apparently the team held a meeting shortly after his apology or even before. And he spoke to his teammates and apparently most of them have forgiven him and expect to see more going forward, which I think is all, all we can do from anybody. I think that it's, it's not wise to just outright say, fuck people when we can change their minds through education and understanding and gain more support via that Avenue. Some people's minds you can't change ever. And that's just the nature of it. Some people are going to be racist and going to be pieces of shit. Like, did you guys see the the Jake Fromm text? The dude, um, yes, another fucking would, yep. rich white dude from Texas. He was a quarterback for for uh, Georgia, um, and he just got drafted by the Buffalo Bills. Those that shit was racist. Yeah, like I don't think you can come back from that just because that was just outright to say that guns should just be very expensive and for elite white people. Like, I Jesus. think you. Get- yeah, it's it like that was, it was sickening. Really, I never, really I didn't, I didn't even see that. Right. I think you right. can always come back though. I think, like you said, if he just proves it through action, I think there's, I, I, I don't know if it, it'll take a while, but I think for sure. And fuck, nobody should be in any rush to forgive him. What he, what he did yeah, to try to right. the issue is not good. You know what I mean? That's not. I don't know. It's, if it's I, if really- I were him, I would just take every step I could towards the right direction and prove it, like prove yourself through your actions. Like you said, I, I it's not, it's, that's something that's not just going to be like, oh, okay, he did this one thing for us that yeah, forget what he said. You know exactly. what I mean? It's nothing like that, but there's at this point, there's nothing more he can do besides, you know what I mean? Like just taking the right steps. I, I don't even know what to do. Cause I, you know, I, I, I don't know what to do. And that's, I haven't been in this situation. So it's good. Well, that's you're, a also tough one. A, you're also not a millionaire. You know what I mean? So yeah, like, well, I'm you, almost, you so I make oh a lot of money. I make a lot of money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's a, joke. that's a joke. I'm struggling. I need help. Anyone. I have a Venmo. You can Venmo me or. <laughs> well, no. Wait, so no, but yeah. has he ever actually done anything racist? No. No, but this time is, it's so sensitive and we need all the voices that we can get behind this. I just think it's a little weird that like, I I saw a little bit of the Malcolm Jenkins video and he called him, I thought you were my brother. Because what, it's not that he said outright, I'm a racist. I don't, you know what I mean? It's just to not have the, the awareness to especially it's been years since the kneeling shit and the kneeling was never about what he turned it into. It it wasn't then it's not now. And for him to deflect that and turn it into the issue about the military, it's just, it's, it's just his, it's not good. It's not a good stance to have when all this shit is going on. So I understand why all of these players and all of these people are upset. And it's like, it's all it is going forward. He says that he's an ally and in his apology video on Instagram, he says, I'm an ally. Fucking prove it, dude. That's all you can do. Right. That's all you can do. Right. Even if, even if people don't forgive you, it doesn't matter. Cause that's not the point. I, I think what he said is something that's very recoverable though. Just given what he's done in the past and what he can do. I just, I'm just trying to, 
Yeah, he's not a bad person. I don't I don't think he had any ill intentions towards like of what he said not. to me, but then again, this see, this is it's hard for us to say anything exactly white. you know what i mean exactly. so like i can be like oh well in my opinion it didn't seem racist but that doesn't it doesn't matter because i'm no, not i mean i don't i don't i think what he what he the whole thing is really bad you know what i mean i don't think that it was good by any means like no way was it appropriate no, no. way is it helpful and now it's just moving forward that's all you can do and yeah, and exactly. unfortunately that's what it is and hopefully he does that's all I can say about it because I don't really know. I think, you know, as far as football goes, I think the locker room is going to be all right um, because apparently Malcolm Jenkins was the first player that he spoke to and the first person to forgive him. And oh, wow. Okay. He's one of, he's been for years now, he's been one of the biggest advocates and spokespeople for NFL players on this issue. And so I think that goes a long way. I think that. Demario Davis, who is our middle linebacker, another big representative in this area and also a big uh, advocate for all this stuff and, and a huge locker room leader, also said that Drew's apology and talking to his teammates and vowing to do better moving forward is exemplary of leadership and is what we need moving forward. Alvin Kamara said a very similar thing. Michael Thomas forgave him, said the same thing. All it is is moving forward. All it is is action. Yeah. So, especially as no, they, the, he is the leader of the New Orleans scene. So, I guess it caught them all off guard. He's, he's one of the leaders of the city of New Orleans. Yeah, he's one of the right. biggest reasons why they recovered so much after Katrina. And football is a big part of that state. And I just hope, I hope moving forward that he does better. Yeah, and there, there was, a, he had expectations on him to, to be exactly. better. Yeah, there was, exactly. there was, actually, yeah. Right. And so hopefully moving forward. Now, Jake Fromm, he's fucking racist. Fuck that dude. I don't yeah. care. That's fucked up. You yeah, don't no, say it's that. fucked up. Because that's, that's what's in your heart. You're talking to somebody who's your friend who you don't think, you know what I mean? And you right. say something so outright horrible. Fuck you. Like, see ya. I hope yeah, that you- Yeah, they, they always say the biggest, the biggest judgment of character is doing things when nobody else is watching. So he thought that he was in a safe spot. So the fact that he said that means that there's there's racism in us. Like you said, there's something deep down yeah. to where racism. There's something bad in his heart. And I mean, you got to look where he comes from. It's the same place as Drew Brees. There's a lot of people like that in the South, Texas specifically, a lot of white folks. And it's and they're all, not all, sorry, that was a wrong statement. But a lot of them, you know, it's just, it's they grow up that way and it's fucking terrible. But yeah. In in you would think you would, and this is the thing that that was that's strange to me about Jake Fromm and well you know obviously what we just talked about I don't think Drew Brees is racist but for him to be so tone deaf dude you play a sport where ninety percent of your locker room is black dudes right who are your friends teammates and you know what I mean coaching staff all that bullshit you would think that you would have some sort of awareness about it Jake Fromm you were you were a kid growing up in the era of wokeness like he's our age he's younger than us and he still did like that's crazy to me i don't know so moving forward let's just see let's hope that it, that drew Brees does better fuck jake from i don't know i don't know where else to go with it from that perspective right. no they were asking that. him to retire they think yeah retire which i just think is crazy i don't know man I don't know what it means for football is completely irrelevant. Cause that's not even on the radar. Well, it's you know beyond, I mean? it's beyond football. Right. Yeah. yeah. So what, I don't even have any comment about that, but he definitely needs to do better and I hope he does. So, um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of good stuff has been going on, at least from what I see in our little corner of the world. I think that our community has come together pretty, pretty well. They represented, we, you know, 
it's been it's been a good thing to it see. It sounds like you have uh, an aggressive loogie in your throat. So can you <clears throat> for me? <clears throat> there it is. I hope that wasn't too loud. It was Sorry. a little loud, but that's fine. It just sounded like you were like kind of like gargling a little bit, but trying to talk at the same time. Yeah. Well, I get all choked up talking about this stuff. Yeah. Now, I'm not one to cry, but you know, it was you can cry. Seeing, you can cry. seeing the people, seeing everybody come together and listening to the, to stories of, I don't, you guys, I, were you guys at the, uh, the rally yesterday? I was not at the rally yesterday. I was at the rally the day before. So do you rallies? remember? Yeah. Yeah. Croft. I mean, you're sick ass. We'll get to that. Um, you guys remember a couple years back, the, the girl, uh, that was shot on 100. Yes. The girl who, I, yes. The guy pulled up next year. Right. So her mom gave a speech, which was very moving. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. So it's stuff like that. I think opens people's eyes and I've never seen so many people fired up to get in the voting booths and you know what I mean? I mean, this shit, this shit has gone on no matter who's been in office, but I think that in order to change things, we need not just the presidency, but like every level of government. Like I personally did not ever give a fuck about voting. I did not know anything that was, I was, I didn't know anything that was going on in government. I didn't know anything about anybody. I didn't know anybody's policies. And frankly, I didn't think it mattered because I didn't, it just, just seems so, out of the realm of what I was dealing with. And right. with the past couple of years, man, damn, it is so fucking important. So anybody listening to this vote, you fucking people, please vote, please. I, I can say the one thing that, that I can take away from this week is I am, I always was, but I'm a pr- extremely proud citizen of Westchester, just the way everyone's dealing with things, how peaceful everything's been. It's been, I was terrified that things were going to get crazy, but it has not gotten crazy. It's been great. You know, you know something else too. I think that because of the way that the world is now and what we see on social media, like everything seems very dark a lot of the times. I know that myself, I've felt very overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with everything going on. I'm sure I'm not alone. And it's hard to watch so much bad shit go on to so many good people. That's why, that's why I always, I think I mentioned it in the last episode, but that's why I struggled to research these things because you only see what they want you to see. You know what I mean? A lot of the time that's true. It's, it's, that's why it's tough for me. And that's why for so long I was against doing my research on these things. Cause it's like, well, I wasn't there. Like I'm not denying anything that's happening. I don't. I'm not. I don't want that message to you know come across. But it's a scary thing to confront. Yeah, it is, like, and it, it's like it's like did that happen? Did it happen? I, I don't know. It's just that's why I never researched it because I feel like they're just feeding me things that I want to see. Yeah, or that that they want us. I, to I know. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. I think that's a lot of it, but I think a lot of it too is is the opposite. I think especially an issue. I'm not saying that it's a huge, no, 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 no. Of course, of course. But what you're saying, I I think, yeah, a lot of major news outlets and stuff. But the thing is with how influential social media is and how easy it is to see people. That's how we fucking saw George Floyd's murder. It was captured on a fucking cell phone. Like the bad shit goes on and what used to be able to be hidden. Not anymore, dude, we're going to see everything. And it's, it's hard for people, I think, because I don't think, you know what I mean? I don't think a lot of people, especially 
people who are older, like the generation before us, it's it's very probably unique to them because they never had access to so much bad shit before. Right. And at the same time that it's hard to watch, it's also a chance for everybody to unite under a common good and realize the bad shit that we need to fight. And yeah. hopefully that's what happens. I know personally, you know, I saw we had a solid amount of fucking people, like a thousand people together. That's insane. And, and it was good. That's, be- that's it was beautiful. Good thing. It was beautiful. It was really, really awesome. But at the same time, dude, people driving by this fucking dickhead in a lifted ass truck, thumbs downing out the window. I hope you die in a fire. There's no room for that hatred anymore. It's- I know I just said you should die, but like it, it, where are we now as a human species? Not even as it doesn't, it, it hasn't mattered. It never mattered what color you are. Like take pride in, in your history and your people's history, but like we're all humans and we all need to just fucking love each other because that's what's going to get us moving forward. And for people to to disrespect that sentiment and uh, dude, did you see, um, so a group started on, on Facebook of our town. Uh, I know a couple of the organizers, they are actually close friends of mine and they made this group so everybody could communicate and gather and share information and make awareness in our community. Right. So one of these, one of the people in our communities posted in that Facebook group that she was at the Seven Eleven in town, heard some people talking about how many guns they had at home and how they were excited to unload on the protesters. Why joke about some, or maybe they're not joking, but why even say something like what's the point? People have fucking evil in their hearts, dude. That's, that's just what it that's is. That's just terrifying that there's people yeah. that are literally among us. We could be walking past these people on a sidewalk and we just don't like, that's just sickening to me. That's sick. Right. Right. I don't know. It's tough, man. This this whole thing is tough, but I just, you know, hopefully it's it's hard to see it all, but then you have moments like being in a, a, a group of a thousand people screaming until their voices are gone for justice and peace and love. You know what I mean? So it's, it's uh, you know, I don't know, but uh, despite everything going on now, which I think we've talked about enough, I think that something that has gone completely under the radar, and honestly, at this point, it may be a fucking hoax to begin with, except our good friend Croft here has coronavirus as we speak. I yes, he does. That's not, I don't think that's true. I don't you think have it. You're sneezing, you you're sneezing, sniffling, aching, turning over, sweating. Oh my God, it pissed me off so much. When, when Aubrey and I texted you, how are you feeling? Oh, I have a little bit of a fever. How? What's a little bit of a fever? Oh, only a hundred. My body like, aches. It's like, bro, it's only, it's only two have, degrees. It's two degrees higher than the it normal. But that's a cough, cough, cough. That's a fever. It doesn't matter yeah, how. Yes, me off. Do you see people? Be like, like, all right, it could just be a normal cold. You know what I mean? It could be, but it's not now. But it's not. It's coronavirus. If you oh. say something like that around me, like, oh, it's just two degrees over, you get kissed around these parts for something like that. <laughs> you out here kissing folk. If they say some dumb shit like that, it's only two degrees. Crawl, that's a fever. It's a fever. It doesn't matter what it is over. That's a fever. Okay. Well, it's over now. It lasted for about three days. But in your, in, your, in, your de- in your defense, Nate, you're like, you're like muffling out, dude. I'm sorry. I'm trying to move around. I, my cats are going crazy. I'm trying to get better yeah. audio but, quality. But in Croft's defense, I imagine that his body runs warm. So maybe it might oh. have been like a half. I feel like I feel like Crawford's body is runs on ninety nine point five. So maybe it was just a half a de- half a degree over. He's got all that blubber to keep him warm. What are you? Are you dancing right now? I think it's cute. 
No, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting, you know. Oh, wait, here's something. Get my turn in. Oh, wait, here's something. Here's something. Coronavirus, and that's why he's not at the rallies. I was. Yeah, you have coronavirus. But honestly, though, I, I, like, isn't it, it, it's crazy that all these people are gathering together. Like, what if nobody gets sick? It's a hoax. No, it's it's been, it's been spiking. Haven't you seen the stuff? No, I haven't seen the stuff. Out west and south, uh, it's starting to spike again. We're technically well, a yellow I die, So fuck the West. Fuck the West Coast. Do you know what it saying. is? It's spiking again. That's all I'm saying. I think, I think you guys, real quick, need to back away from your mics a little bit. Because whenever you, sometimes when you talk, when you're real close to it, it like echoes out. Oh, I'm, I'm far. Okay. Um, Don't worry about me, Dad. So, yeah, I want to get into it. Um, I no, watched, I watched uh, right. a documentary today on Crawford. Or somebody very similar to him, our boy, uh, our that boy, libel, our boy, uh, Jeff, Jeff Epstein, better Dude. known as Crawford's uncle. That's not oh true. my god, <laughs> that is so very. You, I, I think we all forget you called him your boy at the beginning of this episode. You just called him his boy again. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, we He's can. You said our boy. Don't speak for yourself. That dude, one of the biggest piece of shits. I think I'm, I've ever heard about. I texted you guys in the middle of watching the documentary. I can't watch this anymore because it's so sickening. Yeah. I made you. I made you keep going because yeah, we get the information so we could talk about it. Yeah, it's, I mean, all right. Let's, so, let's dive in. Yeah, let's dive in. So, um, this this uh, documentary on Netflix. It's called Filthy Rich mm-hmm. uh, Chronicles. It's four episodes. Each one's about an hour long. Chronicles the. Um, not not the life, but the uh, pedophilia ring that Jeffrey Epstein was one of the leaders of. I think we can all safely assume. It sure seemed like it from from his involvement with a lot of different powerful individuals. Um, one of the leaders, dude. He was the main guy. We don't know that. Yeah, we honestly. don't know. If, we don't know if he was like the main main guy, uh, but he was dude. definitely up there. There's a lot of rich fucking people in the world, man. Yeah, and I think they yeah. all contribute. Dude, not all. I mean, God, I keep making blanket statements. Isn't this crazy. crazy? So, Alex, I don't know how far you got, but they talk about people going to the island, like Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, going to the island, and there, uh, there's stuff online where actually I think it's in the documentary as well, where they state like, "Yeah, I've never been there," but they show the logs with their names on it. Yeah, yeah, the flight logs of the private jets. Yeah, makes like, why lie? Do you think that Bill Clinton was, you know what yes. I mean? Yes, probably. Yeah, probably. Come on. So it was, was. it was Bill and Hillary, Harvey Weinstein, very close friend of his. Weinstein, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey, Chris Tucker was on a you plane know, with them. No, 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 no. Chris Tucker was not. That was, um, that was a charity event that they were doing for AIDS, and Chris Tucker was there. Dude, pro- yeah. Biden Biden's weird ass was probably there. I don't well, know. No, well, there's no Trump, proof of that. Trump is a, Trump is a thousand percent linked to him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah get yeah, into yeah. the OP death yeah, we're gonna as well. In, we're, yeah, we're gonna get into everything. So, um, yeah. So today's episode, we're gonna pretty much do it in chronological order. I think the way basically that the documentary laid it out. And we're just gonna talk about our thoughts, but we're gonna talk about Filthy Rich, the documentary on Epstein, and the stuff that we've heard, and we're gonna hopefully tear them to pieces because my god 
what a horrible thing. And then the second thing that we're going to talk about is the anonymous hacker group, which Alex, I don't think you have any fucking clue. I am so lost on what that is. So yeah, so we'll go, we'll go, we'll touch on them and talk about their operation death eaters, which uh, began in 2015. And it ties into the pedophilia shit that we're going to talk about with Epstein. I think it's good to say first off, um, before we go into this, besides the podcast or not the podcast, besides the bio, the OP Death Eaters, none of that has been proven true. This Operation is all, Death Eaters? Yeah. No, no, no. Just what like the the info they released on Sunday. Like, oh, right, 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 right. Like we don't know if it's true or not. We're just gonna be discussing what was released. So right. we're not and, saying anything. And the history, the history of it and Anonymous's credibility, which I think is yes. pretty substantial at this point. I actually am surprised at the the leap in um influence that Anonymous has had over the past couple of weeks. They like I think it was like one point three million followers on Twitter to like six in a couple of days. Yeah, it's crazy. They like they jumped so, high. So are they are they just exposing people? Is that what's going on? I don't know. Well, we'll get into that after I think the Epstein okay. stuff, because the Epstein stuff is going to be the primary focus of the episode because it is so absolutely, it's, it's insane. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Um, so Croft, I mean, if you want to, if you want to start us off, um, do you want to go in chronological order of episode by episode, or do you want to do it by like Epstein's life and kind of where it took him? I guess we can do, I guess we can do Epstein's life. How are you feeling? Yeah, I don't care. Um, so, yeah, so uh, he's from New York, Coney Island, born yes. and raised. So, um, something I found like um, interesting that they went into was the fact that he, they never actually, like in the news or anything, they never discussed like how he made money. Um, and they tell you this in the documentary how he did. He was involved in a fucking Flugazi, a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, that's he how was he made, that's how he made all his money. That he worked with. Not all of it. I think that's how he, he, well, that's how he started out. Yeah. That's how he started building. Yeah. And then he became a money manager for very wealthy individuals. And then correct me if I'm wrong, both of you, but I think you started getting to that area of weird when uh, he would pose or he would pose, sorry, as a fake scout for Victoria's Secret. Am I correct? That's that's way down. That's that's, way down the line. That's way down. I thought that was right in the area where. Well, so let's we we skipped a whole bunch of stuff. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of significant things going from the start of his life. So he born in Coney Island, raised there. Uh, He became a teacher at a school. Oh, he studied he studied physics, right? Is that yeah? The crazy thing is, though, he wasn't a college graduate. He didn't have a degree. He lied on all of his job applications and still managed to get into these crazy positions. Like you would think, a fucking teacher. You would think there would be some sort of uh, in-depth background check, maybe, to right. make sure that this dude is educated. Yep. Apparently not. They hired him. Yeah, he he was a teacher. And then he, uh, after being a teacher, he was recommended by somebody in the school that he was taught to work at a uh, big firm in New York. Um, let me go get let me go get my notes because I, I don't have anything right in front of me. I was gonna try and wing it, but I think it might be better for. For the podcast, if I go get them. So Alex, how far did you get? I watched the first three. I didn't watch the last one. Okay. But um, yeah. So like I said, it was the first episode was just so disturbing to me. It's a lot. Just the way he was able to manipulate people. It was like Ted Bundy. Very similar. 
Yeah. I mean, they're, they were charming guys. Like he wasn't a bad looking dude, super successful. And the people that he would quote unquote prey on or whatever, however you want to say it, that sounds disgusting, but were just innocent teenage girls who were trying to make something for themselves. Yeah. So when, when you're associated with somebody that big, why not work for this guy? Why not listen to what he says? Like the opportunity, the again, quote unquote opportunities he would be able to create for these people are like endless, but that's not what was going on, Mm -mm. which is like, it's just, it's just wild how, how manipulative he was. Yeah, no, it was, it's, it's really crazy. Um, So yeah, like Nate was saying, he fooled all these people into this position and he was working on Wall Street, and it's great. So yeah, so it, so I guess from his birth, he wasn't born rich. He was born middle class, and um, it was obvious that he was intelligent from an early age because he skipped grades in grade school. Uh, and yeah, he after his two year stint in college, he taught at this place called the Dalton School in New York. Um, from there, like I said, he got recommended by somebody at his school to work. At, in Wall Street doing finances for Bear Stearns. He ran like options analytics for them, which is uh, anybody that knows anything about finances, options are very complicated, um, especially algorithms that predict and try to figure them out. So it's obvious that he was he was very intelligent and very smart at, at everything that he was asked to do. And I think it's at this point that people started because it, it went into, you know, his former associates that he would, he worked with and worked for, they would talk about how charming he was and how he was able to wiggle his way into places that he probably shouldn't have been. Um, so after Bear Stearns, he went to a different financial institution where he worked for a billionaire. Uh, I forget the man's name. He was, he's in the documentary very, very briefly. Uh, they mentioned him and then they show an interview that he did in 2019. He might've passed by now cause he was very old then. But at this point, this is where the Ponzi scheme thing that you mentioned came in because he started to siphon money from this guy. Right. And, um, in interviews, you know, the guy said, I, I, I wish that I never granted him this opportunity because I'm the reason why he has so much money. And I'm the reason why all these girls were abused and victimized. But I thought that was his partner. There was the other older guy. You know, so the, the, yeah. So the other older guy comes after this. They all worked in the same thing though. So with this Ponzi scheme, when, when that guy who was his partner, uh, they made, you know, uh, what was it? $400 million or something like that. $466 million or something off of this scheme. The, the one guy pled guilty. Epstein never got anything from it. So he gets out of that, has a substantial bit of wealth under his his foot now, and then he goes on to work under this billionaire. And apparently, it touched on it a little bit. Apparently, they had uh, a sexual relationship, which Epstein evidently used to get into uh, this guy's world and influence his decision making. But he began to steal money from this guy, and. All in all, he he stole millions and millions and millions of dollars from this dude before they eventually cut ties. So he's then self-made. He is well on his way to a billion dollars. And this is where it starts to pick up 
in Palm Beach, which is one of his estates was in Palm Beach, Florida. Right. Now, I think Palm Beach is like, this was another interesting thing that I, I found because this was like a, a perfect, I don't want to use this term in, in like a bad way, but a perfect hunting ground for him. Like right. it was a rich neighborhood separated by a bridge to an extremely poor neighborhood where disadvantaged individuals, specifically the girls that he was targeting, like Alex, you said, were looking for a way to better themselves and get out of that life and experience more. Yeah. I know there was uh, this one girl, I think it was in this either the end of the first or early second episode. I forget her name. It was the blonde girl who was like, she was kind of like a runaway. She was living on the streets and yeah. she was mm-hmm. just looking for, she wanted to be a massage therapist. She was looking for an opportunity. And like oh, I was yeah. saying to Croft when you, you would walk away, like why not take an opportunity with somebody who's who has that many connections and has the ability to give you those opportunities. You know what I mean? So like, like it's just wild. So the first pair of girls that it talks about are those sisters. They were the first people to like yeah. come out against him. Um, the, the first sister uh, un, unaware of what would happen to her younger sister brought her along uh, one time. So the way that he would begin it, I guess is a good point to introduce uh, his girlfriend who is like all over this documentary as being a recruiter for him, essentially. Ghislaine uh, Maxwell. Yeah, she Chris, claims Chris, she Chris claims, Lane Maxwell, you're talking about? Chris, did you say Chris Lane? Isn't that her name? Chris Lynn? Chris Lynn? No, no yeah. Ghislaine. Well, it said on the documentary, it said whatever. No, no, no. It's, it's Ghislaine. It's, okay. it's spelled out many times in the documentary. Okay. Well. Um, <laughs> she acted as a recruiter for him and was his uh, girlfriend at the time. Uh, allegedly, she brought on tons of girls for this shit so it started off she as wasn't just Alex a recruiter though she was she, she was conduct- in the yeah, abuse, right allegedly because she denies everything to this day she denies everything yeah. which i mean of course you'd think that they'd be able to find some evidence uh with all the pictures that they have of them together and everything right so this this bitch starts attracting these young girls like you said oh like you know this there's this guy he likes to get massaged and he pays well. Well, these fucking girls would show up to this dude's house in West Palm Beach, this giant estate, and they would go into a room and he'd be already butt-ass naked laying on a massage table. No, there was no introduction. There was no, hey, how are you doing? Blah, 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 which I thought was extremely interesting in, in the terms of how how like cold and calculated and how they already had all this shit worked out where he would basically just be there. And then, then what do you do when you're fucking 14, 15 years old? You, you, you listen to what they say. That's what's freeze. Listen yeah. to the adults. And that's what, that's what all the victims said is that, you know, what are they, what are they supposed to do? What are they supposed to feel? Exactly. So he would, they would start massaging him. And like you said, this bitch partook in the abuse because she would be like, all right, now it's time to get naked. And then she would get naked and she would make the girl get naked. And then he would roll over. He'd be hard. And then, you know what I mean? Well, cause it's, if you listen to like what the, the victims were saying, they had this way of normalizing everything that was going on. Yeah. They right. were able, they were able to make it seem like, Oh, this is just what we do. You know what I mean? Right. So like, in their head, they're yeah. just like, Oh, okay. I, they obviously they had that weird, I don't want to call it a vibe, but like no, that. I mean that's what it is. They you don't I mean? that, like this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. But again, it's these fucking girls, some of which have been abused in the past. They freeze up. They don't know what the fuck to do. And this and is so, and and if for a lot of these girls being so young, this is their first sexual encounter. Yeah, you know some I mean? of them, sure. Yeah, and that's just like 
I, I don't know what to do in that situation. Like, that's just that would t- that's terrifying. That's terrifying to think about. It was, and it was scary. They all said that it was terrifying. And, yeah. and what do they do? They freeze because they're scared. Right. So, so the first two sisters they end up being involved a little bit, and they were the first ones I think to file a report against him. And initially, in Palm Beach that the the whatever the fucking post is the main judge dude was like oh this will be an easy conviction we'll get this motherfucker and then it goes away and when it the subject is approached again by the police chief or whatever that dude was it's the the tone is completely different from this main prosecutor guy who is like suddenly not really for it like Palm Beach is a very small community of extremely wealthy people yeah. So I imagine that, you know, the community's tight knit. I think at one point Epstein says, I own West Palm police. Like I own yeah. them. You can only imagine the type of corrupt shit that was going on. With oh this my God. Oh my God. But yeah, no, no it's nothing very like, you know, valuable, but I was just going to say, just imagine the amount of people that were involved in this. I mean, there's so many people that probably obviously were in the documentary. There was probably thousands of people that were involved in this. Um, yeah. A hundred percent. It's so scary from, from the, the wealthy people that w- were probably involved in the abuse untold amount of girls that have not come forward. I guarantee oh, you. Oh, there's yeah. probably oh, so yeah. many fucking people, the people that defended him, the police that protected them, the government officials that protected them. So after these two girls, you brought up the one girl who was offered a position as a masseuse. So like, this is where Ghislaine Maxwell was so fucking ruthless because she notices this girl holding a book about massage therapy, which was her aspiration. And that's how she ropes her into it. And she was the first one that they, they explicitly said had sex with him. The other ones, they were just like, ah, they massage him. He was naked. He would jerk off. They would play with his nipples. But this girl was forced to have sex with him. And then it, it just spirals into just all these different girls and all these different stories. And then one that struck me as being kind of horrible specifically was the one girl who was recruited for it by her friend. Her friend bounces in the middle of it. The girl's like, nah, fuck that. I'm not with this. So instead of having her forcing her to do this stuff, which would probably make her run away and tell somebody, he uses the people that didn't want to do the sexual stuff as recruiters and would pay them for every girl that they would bring in. So that's where that pyramid scheme comes into play. Right. It's the same, it's the same fucking thing. They're all boss babes and they oh God, that makes me so fucking mad. And it's, it's kind of crazy. crazy. It's dude. It's the most insane shit ever that somebody this, this wealthy could be this evil. And when they talk about how cunning he was, how charming and how he abused his good looks and his, his way of manipulation, it, it reminds you a lot of people like Ted Bundy. Yeah. yeah. We were just saying that. Yeah. yeah we were talking right, about that. Right. Like that's, that's where that, that whole vibe comes in of being so controlling and something that, you know, when we get into like later on, cause like this is where it starts to get, it goes from just girls locally in Florida to his Island, which is one of the most terrifying. It sounds like one of the most terrifying places on the planet. And like, I think we should like kind of mention, cause like there was like a bit of a jump there. So with the two first girls in the beginning, that was right. like the sister, the two sisters, um, it jumps like from that, like, the, I think that was New York. So it jumps from that. And then he moves to Palm beach and he also had a place in Paris. He, he had, uh, he had a lot of places. He had the Island. He had the place in New York. He had a lot of places. And then, um, 
before the island, there's that whole 2008 thing where stint where he spent all that where he spent a he was sentenced to what like 18 months months, but he only served 12 yeah and he could leave with a work order so this was this was a crazy thing because instead of getting charged for pedophilia and all the child sex shit he got charged with just one count of soliciting prostitution that he just admitted to just to get it over with like how and like you said he was out he was able to leave dude when they broke down the time i couldn't even believe it he was allowed to leave prison six days a week for 12 hours a day that was the most ridiculous thing i have ever heard in my entire life it speaks to the power of money man like he was just able to fucking manipulate these fucking Everybody with the money. He had so much influence and so much, so many connections, and it's all because he was so fucking wealthy and and influential in these circles. So you're right. He did spend twelve months or whatever in jail, and then he was out like nothing ever fucking happened. But after that, though, he started to use his money as a way to put up a better social persona for himself because all these rumors started floating around. He started donating money to fucking various research groups and all these activist fucking things. So he was using that to put up a social fucking wall, this different perspective, so he can continue to do all this fucked up shit behind closed doors. So I think like the biggest thing though is definitely the island. Like this is where it got like so real because this is where they started talking about him literally giving these girls to his other wealthy and powerful friends like their property yeah like they're like trading cards or something it's like fucking insane oh my god i think my favorite i i don't know if this is jump this is probably jumping ahead but my favorite part i forget the lawyer's name but when they were in like the the interview room and the one lawyer was just roasting them like trying to piss them off coming at like his insecurities we'll we'll get there so he's because because that lawyer was really smart and like he realized Obviously, Epstein's a fucking the ultimate narcissist. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. That's what he is. And so the only way that because they don't feel empathy, you can't get to them through talking about other people's shit. The way to get to them is challenging them personally. So yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. That's that's when you know he's finally getting questioned about all this other stuff. So when it comes out that he has his island in the U.S. Virgin Islands, and it's a place where he has. So many, like we were talking about earlier, fucking Bill Clinton, Kevin Spacey, fucking Trump. He has connections to Trump. He has connections to all these fucking people. And the Um, prince, Prince Andrew. We'll talk about that because that's fucking crazy because that dude tried to defend himself. And you go, oh my God, it's so easy to spot a liar. Oh man. So a big thing with him, and I think we, we, we skipped over that too fast, was that that 12 month stint that he had. He hired a team of eight lawyers that were some of the most absolutely powerful in the world, including, and I thought this was crazy, fucking Alan Dershowitz, OJ's fucking lawyer, OJ and who else? Ray Lewis's lawyer, who's one of the most like crazy people. All right, something that I need to fucking pause and talk about that's not so serious but really bugged the absolute fuck out of me. Dershowitz, you would think with his resume, with him working with the powerful and rich people, he's rich himself, right? That's probably yeah. safe to assume. Why the fuck do you have the most yellow teeth I've ever seen in my entire life? <laughs> get new ones. It's so easy. Just go get new ones. Hey, one visit to the dentist. Maybe he's accepted his, his uh, 
imperfections no. and he Mm-mm. wants to no no hey. because he's also one of the people that was fucking accused of bro j touching. cole made j cole made a whole song about a crooked smile he hasn't fixed it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no not, not about him but about himself you know but i think uh, it's, it's, it's like a direct correlation you know damn dude I just like it's it's so crazy that he because of all this money he's able to assemble this crack team of lawyers and they're able to get him out of so much fucking trouble and just so many things that got reported just went completely silent and did not go anywhere. So many girls talked about when they would file a report and then they would never hear back. So Croft, I guess in the early stages you did mention this. He would pose as when he was working under that one billionaire who owned uh, Victoria's Secret. Um, what other thing? Abercrombie and Fitch, I think, was the other yeah, one. Yeah, it was like a whole company. bunch of other companies. He was like the he top. Millions of, of dollars from that. And this is the dude that he apparently was banging to try and get in his head and in his heart to manipulate him to use his money. So when he was acting as that person for Victoria's Secret, he would pretend to be like a talent scout, which yeah. used to get girls to come and you know what I mean? The one girl that he did that to immediately left when he started to get weird and like trying to grab her and shit immediately left went and filed a police report never fucking heard back not once never crazy like that he's just able it's it's so insane the power of money that like he's just able to get away with so much of this shit so this island right it's epstein's islands in u.s virgin islands this was the part that it made it seem so fucking terrible because the one girl that they had was when they were shooting it did they shoot that on location at the island and they brought a couple of the girls there to like tell the stories about what they saw or was that a completely different place i don't know i uh i know that well i'm just assuming here but when they interviewed the employee oh yeah that dude yeah i think i think they were there Okay. When they were interviewing him. I don't think the other girls were actually on the island. Right. So this island is like, it's gorgeous. It's huge. There's a ton of land, like a couple of different buildings. And it got the nickname now Pedophile Island, which makes sense because that's what it was. But then what did he call it? Little Jeff's Island or some bullshit? Yeah, yeah some shit like that. Or Orgy Island. So the one girl said that that's all that happened there. Like he would fly in girls all the time orgy island that's what they call it yeah yep and all of his rich friends and shit and that's just what would go on and was it that was when prince andrew Mm -hmm. who's now the what the duke of york or something yes he that's when he comes in so the the one lady i think she was also the one that alleged to have been with dershowitz yeah yeah that's yeah it's the same same girl. girl yeah so that girl yes he he had that that worker was like oh yeah i saw bill clinton there and clinton claims to never have been to the island even though like you said the fucking charter the plane charter shit they have logs 28 times yeah 28 fucking times like oh my god the amount of innocence that these fucking people claim when it's so clear that they're so evil uh it's just it's so sad that the justice system can't be like nope you guys are fucking caught you know what i mean they get to get away with that shit but yeah yeah that employee claims to have seen so many fucking people and he would, all he would see is all these fucking old creepy fucking people grinding up on these young girls and doing all sorts of suspects shit. One of which was Prince Andrew, which to this day still claims his fucking innocence, which is bullshit because there's a picture of him and this girl who he was alleged to have slept with. Yeah. His, def- his defense during an interview 
was oh, I, I can't recall it. I you know I, I tried my best. I can't I I can't remember. I don't know if I was there. I can't remember. The other defense, she was like, "Oh yeah, I remember him specifically because when we were at the island and we went out to dinner on the shit, and then he was dancing and he was sweating profusely." That was like, like one of the things he's like, I don't sweat. I have this medical <laughs> medical condition, or at least I had this medical condition, or I don't sweat. Like what the fuck? Oh my god. And it's just it's crazy that they have I feel like there could be so much more evidence out there to convict these fucking people. Anyway, so this island is is where a lot of the devious shit happened, where he would have all these different girls that he would fly in and all these different powerful people that he could fly in. I think somebody said that it was like the way that he viewed it was because it's an island, because it's his own, you have to fly to it. He felt cut off from the world and he felt like he could do whatever the fuck he wanted with nobody watching there. Yeah. Like that was a big reason why I think he was so bold and just able to just get away with it. A really sad thing. I mean, the whole thing is disgusting and sad, but a really sad thing I think was the the one girl who they talked about was flown there and she was getting raped multiple times in one day. And one day she was like, fuck it. I've had enough of this. He apparently raped her like four times in just the fucking morning and afternoon. And she was like, I'm bouncing. I'm just going to swim. I'm just going to keep swimming. I'm going to get off this. I'm going to swim away. And he found her before she walked to the most secluded spot on the entire Island. And he found her before she could even get in the water. He had, he had that, that Island surveillance every single square inch of that island he could see At same thing with his fucking place in new york the uh the one girl was like she like walked up to the wall she was like you see all these like the cracks in the limestone and stuff of this building he would hide little cameras in all the little holes in the walls and there was a room that he had that was surrounded by lead so it couldn't be be penetrated by any kind of detection equipment he had every room every toilet every bathroom Covered in cameras. Here's my microphones. Here's my thing. If who installed those cameras? That would that's like a red flag. Like, dude, why do you want a camera in your toilet? I mean, it's it's you pay people enough money, they stay quiet, dude. That's like the only thing that I gathered from this. Like, he was able to get away with so much because he could just use his money. I know it's crazy, but the biggest thing, and this is something that I really, really was considering when I realized, oh, he had his whole island bugged. With cameras and microphones. Oh, he had his whole New York estate bugged with cameras and microphones. These were all the places where he would go and do the abuse to these girls. And he would invite all of his fucking friends to do to these girls. He has or had probably so much evidence, video recordings, audio recordings of all of these powerful people breaking the law. And that's why he was able to hold so much sway over so many fucking people. Because he can blackmail them. That's one of his manipulation methods. You know what I mean? And it's just a terrifying thought that, I mean, there's probably so many more people involved than like than what came out. It's insane. Yeah, I think it, it really comes back into that whole idea of um, that conspiracy of how he was murdered. Like right. two guards weren't where they were supposed to be. And I know I'm so, skipping a lot, but yeah, like- so, I mean, not really, because this is- this is kind of where it it goes. Like, yeah, the first reports to, of him to the FBI were those sisters in '96. Yeah, 
Then it follows up to like 2006. This is where Palm Beach and all that stuff is going on, where, where these reports of all the girls and, and the, the police department's investigating and it doesn't go anywhere. He just gets the one count of prostitution, 12 months in jail. He's out free. Nothing, nothing, nothing for years and years and years. In 2017, when the Me Too movement started, shout out Alyssa Milano with your fine ass, my God. Ooh. Thank you for, for starting that because that is when interest came back to his open case. And that's when he finally, new evidence came out and he finally got convicted. You know what's just crazy? Interest. What do you like, mean? I mean, I don't know. Maybe there were people that were continuously working throughout the years. Right. But like but interest to pick it like, back up. It faded and then everybody yeah. was like, oh yeah, that guy who's yeah. still extremely wealthy and all over the place. And like people could have been working it, but it really came to light where it's like, it's like, why? Like well, what the fuck the was happening? Is, I think one of the things that the Me Too movement did though was empowered a lot of the girls who stayed silent to speak out finally. Yeah. And they were able to add their voices to the chorus and bring attention back to it. But well, you're yeah, right. It is. A lot of it's fear. Like you, you had mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. that, that isn't an easy thing to come out and say. You know, That's something like if it were to happen to me, I don't know if I would want to – I would just want to forget about it. You know what I mean? Like, Well, especially because of how powerful he was. Like you yeah. can imagine the terrible things that he could do to you. That's all I would think yeah, about. That, exactly. Like if I come out, he could have me killed just like that. Snap of a finger, I could be dead tomorrow. You right, know what I mean? Exactly. Now um, – you know, when he, when, when interest opened up back on the case, they were able to gather more information and they were finally able to nail him down. And he got arrested landing at an airport in New Jersey. And while awaiting his conviction, all these girls started gathering in New York for the um, trial that he had. He has this trial and it's, it's insane to me that he was tossing his entire net worth just to try to get away from this to try and post bond to get out of jail. He, the 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 offer that his attorneys started with was $500 million. Oh my god. Like he, and and what came to light afterwards was right after he got arrested, the FBI raided his New York mansion, a $77 million home. And they found that's where they found the safe full of child porn, which ultimately added to to this conviction where the judge was like, "No, fuck that. The only way for you to to for us to find justice for you is to keep you behind bars. So she denied the the bond and bail. So when that house got raided, I think that that was a big thing because all this all this information came out, and what they also found besides those child porn pictures was passports, loose diamonds, which is a universal currency. So they said, you know, this motherfucker has a plan to get away. He's always had a plan to get away. He was going to disappear to fucking Saudi Arabia or something. So it just goes to show, I mean, thank God they kept him because if he was able to post even a fucking billion dollars and was able to just get out, I mean, he'd be gone and we would never hear about him ever again. You can, know what I mean? Can we talk about that lawyer though that I had mentioned earlier and how much yes. oh my God, so G that dude is? That dude is shit. He, when he described his penis, so he was like, yeah, so your penis is an egg-shaped where <laughs> – <laughs> It's like an oval where it's thick at the bottom and then gets thinner towards the top. That I started oh, dying. I was like, this dude. guy is a motherfucker and I love him. Basically, like you could see it in Epstein's face too. He was like, You fucking dickhead. Why would yeah. you call out my penis? And that's why 
you know, we had brought it up that that was the only way to get a reaction out of him because every other thing that he was questioned on, everything, he was like, I would like to answer that question, but my lawyers advised me to stick to my, you know what I mean? And so he avoided everything, but that was the thing where he was like, you you could see, he was like, what now? What'd they say? You could see, yeah, you could see his whole demeanor just change, like egg shaped. You motherfucker! I think that's, I think that that's a sentiment that literally every guy has, where you can fucking insult any dude's dick, and they'd be like, "Hold up, my motherfucker, hang on." Like, well, no, I, I'd take it. I'm, I'm not ashamed of what I'm working with, but you're also not a narcissist, though. Yeah, that's true. But no, that I just thought that was hilarious, and uh, that guy, he is, he's a pretty <laughs> new dude. The He's lawyer was like, was I trying to get a rise out of him? Well, yeah, yeah, I guess I was. It's like, yes, <laughs> yes, good. <laughs> is the scum of the earth. He's one of the worst yeah. humans that you're ever going to meet. Ever. He, was like, he was like, was I trying to piss him off? Yeah, I guess you could yeah. say that. I'm like, yeah. But. And why shouldn't I? <laughs> like, all right. You know what else is crazy about that? They, once he was doing all that stuff to him, Epstein had his fucking private investigators follow him. Yep. And threaten his family. Well, that's that's a big thing though. He had a whole army of these investigators that were tailing everybody involved in every investigation on him. He just had so much fucking money and so much influence, man. Crazy. So when he finally gets gets, you know, this thing, they're like, All right, good, you're gonna be held in this place in New York. And that's when he commits suicide. Air quotes. Cause this is where like the internet nah. swoops in. I don't think so either. No. We'll talk about why. So he apparently hangs himself in this little ass room, which I don't even know. He was probably taller than the bunk bed that he apparently jumped off of. Like, I don't understand how it worked. Yeah. I don't know uh, how he was hanging. So he was ruled, you know, a suicide and this place that he was, he was put is like notorious for being understaffed. The employees have awful training. The facility is falling apart. And it just so happened that all these things with the facility, the guards fell asleep. The cameras suddenly stopped working when he hung himself. Like all these things that had to go wrong, that went wrong when he killed himself to there for there to not be a definitive answer. And when he apparently killed himself, all the victims were like, that motherfucker, like he got away from any responsibility again. Cause that was his whole thing. He always avoided the accountability of yeah. doing all this horrible shit to people. And he was able to do it one last time when he quote unquote killed himself. Now, the crazy thing about this though, is that even despite like all the internet being like, Oh no, 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 no. His brother hired one of the top forensic, uh, what are they? Pathologists in it's, the entire world. It's a forensic specialist to take a look at the autopsy report. And what he found, he said was the injuries that he sustained was not at all consistent with the act of somebody hanging oneself specifically he mentioned there was there's a bone that everybody has in their like neck right underneath of their lower jaw that there was fractures there that wouldn't make sense with the force that a hanging would do but it's consistent with somebody choking somebody for, with downward force not hanging force so i personally think of course he was killed of course he was killed there's no yeah. way that he wasn't killed why wouldn't he be killed he had dirt on so many fucking people. every single buddy Every important person that he ever interacted with, I'm sure. That and was that, that comes into the stuff with Diana, too. Right. Exactly. Because she apparently knew, because this came out on Sunday with this OP Death Eater stuff, she apparently knew about this sex ring. It's not OP, it's Operation Death Eaters. Well, that's what it that's the hashtag. hashtag op, op. Death, it's op. 
Oh, op death. Op, okay, op, operation, operation Death Eaters. Okay. It's not overpowered Death Eaters. <laughs> <laughs> clear that up. So, so but yeah, yeah, I mean, the sex ring. She knew about it. Tons of yeah. Oh my god. And it's just when you name all the names, even just that were mentioned in this documentary, like you can't help but think that there's just so many powerful people in the world that and it's that, sick what they can do. Yeah. And it's crazy not too. Not sick that, as in like yeah, it's fucking sick, but. No, no, no. It is. It's sick. It's disgusting. I more than once got and uh, like felt like I was going to throw up when I was watching this whole thing. It I, was it was hard to get through. I texted you and I was like, dude, I can't finish yeah. this. Like, and I said, you have to. It's for the sake of the pod. We do this <laughs> for the people that listen to it. Yeah, put ourselves through misery. It was awful, dude. It was really horrible. So, l- I guess let's let's change gears now because Epstein's dead. He died what late last year. It was last was summer. In, last yeah, summer. last summer in August or September. Yeah, August. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's not going to be, there's no more information that can be garnered. There's no more, you know, finality that these girls can get, which is, I think, the worst possible outcome is that there's nothing else. That's it. He died and that's it. We're never going to hear about that particular story because all the other people that are were clear that he's involved with, fuck, dude, when he got arrested... So many people came out with statements like, ah, I don't fuck with that dude. Trump was like, I haven't seen him in 15 years. Like, you know, one of your girls was fucking found at at Trump's estate, the Mar-a-Lago estate. I don't know if it's an estate, but it's like a Trump building. Like, you were involved. Everybody knows you were involved. The Clintons. Oh, I've never been to his island. You were involved. Everybody knows you're involved. So it's just, it's scary to think that these people who have so much like power and sway in the world were involved in something so scandalous. And I think that... I think a, a lot of uh, like psychology people talk about this as being like when you're that powerful and you have this much influence and you've done so many things, the only way – like so many perversions, your perversions change and they use this pedophilia as a way to feel power and control over other people because people are ultimately like the last conquest that they can feel because they've done the job thing. They've done the money thing. They've done the government. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a terrible fucking cycle, man. And so many powerful people are involved. And I don't know if, if you know, we're ever going to hear, hear any more about it. And that's where Anonymous comes in. So Alex, you don't know anything about Anonymous, like nothing? Literally zero. All right. Let me show you a picture real quick. Croft, if you want to just talk, I want to see if this sparks anything in Alex. So from my what understanding, you- wait, wait, what? I was like, I was like the way he said. I hope it sparks something in Alex. Like I'm wondering. No, 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 seriously. Okay, so take a look at this. Have you seen the videos of guys wearing these masks? Oh yeah, yep, yeah. So that's the V for Vendetta. I don't know if yes. you ever. Seen yeah, that that's movie. right. So the the this it's this big worldwide worldwide order. Oh my god! I somebody punched me in the fucking throat because I can't talk right now. Worldwide, worldwide. organization, organization hacker group underground hacker group called anonymous they don't have a face they don't have a leader it's a coalition of people all over the world who are very tech savvy and are able to hack into various databases all over the world to siphon information and then share it with the public of stuff that we would never hear about otherwise yep right they've done so many different things from their conception years and years and years and years ago now they went into a little bit of a hibernation like they were always, they became pretty popular, but especially within the past two weeks, they, like Croft said, jumped from a million followers on Twitter to over 6 million because 
of all this information that they are sharing about the Trump administration, Trump himself, his family, his history, all this stuff. And uh, especially with all this Black Lives Matter stuff, because you know all this horrible stuff's been going on in the nation, they're one of the groups that is trying to bring to, to light all of this horrible shit that is going on behind the scenes that we would not be aware about otherwise. So like Croft mentioned too, Croft, you might as well take it away. I feel like I've been talking a little bit too much this episode. This shit just gets me real no, wild. Not at all. It's so Okay, so what happened? Okay, so I found this Sunday. I'm pretty sure this all started on Sunday. They came back and they released this just a ton of information. So, okay, real quick, let's give a brief overview overview of what we're we're not talking about anonymous specifically. They have various like subsects where they dedicate various resources to different operations that they would like to undergo. Yeah. This one that we're talking about specifically is Operation Death Eater, which started in 2015. So, this is like a a thing way back and it's a multi-year plan to try to bring to light pedophilia uh sex trafficking and and all this stuff that happened with Epstein and bring it to the forefront of media attention because honestly this shit is not covered the way it's supposed to be Mm-mm. with how horrible it is do you know, know what were some of the stuff they did in the past do you remember cuz anonymous specifically yeah. uh, i mean tons of tons of stuff whenever social dissent happens it seems like they always release a video with you know we're going to fucking expose all you terrible fucking people let me let me look into their history um, if you want to talk about Operation Death Eater and the stuff that happened this Sunday, because this, this was like a big, this was their first major uh, data inf- like leak that they, yeah. they released for this specific one in a long time. Yeah, so it's been a while. And that's why I asked you, because I wasn't sure when they went away and they came back on Sunday. And I might be missing some stuff here, but the two things that they did release were how Princess Diana died. I think there was three. And the other one that I have right here is... Jeffrey Epstein and Donald Trump being involved in the sexual assault of a uh, young woman. Like I said, in the beginning of this, this is all hearsay. We don't know the facts. This is just information that was leaked on the internet. So to my knowledge, they were both involved in the assault of this young woman. And I think if I'm looking at this correctly, the parties were held at a New York City residence that was being issued by defendant Jeffrey Epstein. Each of the parties had other minor females and a number of guests of Mr. Epstein, including defendant Donald Trump, at four of the parties that I attended. This is the statement from the woman who uh, came out and made this allegation, by the way, which was in 2016. <laughs> like, see what I'm saying? And we never fucking, I never heard about it. This Not is in 2016 that she came forward and gave this statement. Uh, defendant Trump had sexual contact with me at four different parties in the summer of 1994 on the fourth and final sexual encounter. Defendant Trump tied me to a bed and exposed himself to me and then proceeded to forcibly rape me. And I feel kind of weird just (laughs) reading that. So we're going to stop that, but you get the idea of all this information that they leaked. And it's just, it's very uncomfortable because this man is running the free world right now. Crazy, right? So let's break down, let's break down just how influential anonymous has been um, from 2006, 2007, all the way up till now. So like I said, I mean, they're all over the world. 
uh, in 2006 and 2007, they started fairly small with, um, you know, revealing a lot of information about various like arrests and stuff, various raids that were going on and revealing valuable information about people who were getting arrested for child sex trafficking, stuff like that. In 2008, uh, in their project Chinology, they pretty much dismantled and brought to light all the terrible shit that the church of Scientology does, which if you guys have heard anything about that, I mean, there is wild, wild shit that goes on with that. They're located in Clearwater, right? That's like their headquarters. Yeah, I'm fairly certain. Uh, I've been, I've drove through that and you see them walking around everywhere. Oh boy. Wait, really? Oh Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild. So that was in 2008. And that's when, you know, we found out about all their horrible stuff that they do to people who try to leave and how they get threatened and all this stuff. Um, uh, In 2009, they revealed a bunch of bad stuff that went on in the 2009 Iranian election stuff, all the protests that went on there. Um, uh, influencing a lot of websites that were really bad uh, in 2010, Operation Small Tits, um, where they basically tore down somebody that was in the Australian government uh, for doing like horrible shit. Um, and this was, and then also this was a big one because in 2010 they got involved with Julian Assange. You guys know anything about him? No, I'm not so sure. He's he's one of the people that were like, you know, uh. uh Assange was like one of the people that leaked various emails from a bunch of government officials and stuff like that. Oh, kind of like Snowden, that kind right. of general very area. Sim- very, very similar type of thing. So it's the same thing. Um, you know, they, they, he's weak. WikiLeaks is Assange. Oh, okay. Okay. So they were a big influence on, you know, revealing information about how people were coming after him, all this shit. Um, uh, 2011, um, more stuff with uh, stuff in Tunisia and the 2011 general electoral campaign um, where, you know, certain websites that were like promoting misinformation were altered by anonymous to show, you know, you're not going to win with this misinformation, blah, 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 blah. It would just leave a message from them instead. Crazy stuff. I mean, they have been like all over the place. Uh, another thing in 2011, do you guys remember Westboro, the Baptist church that was like spewing horrible racist shit? Yeah. They were a big part in shutting those motherfuckers down. So like they're, they've been everywhere, like all for, for a long time. And they have all these various operations where they, they donate all these, not donate, but put forth all of their resources to stopping certain things. Now, this one that we're talking about right now is so crazy because it's like a multi-year thing that they're committed to doing. They just posted something on Twitter recently where they were like, here's what we're going to do over the next five years. We're going to tear down a lot of important people because we have a lot of information on all these people. And they do that through like controlled data leaks where they'll, they'll release hidden documents and things to the public that are not available for public domain. So, I mean, this one specifically, like Croft just said, somebody who came forward, I wouldn't have heard about that. You know what I mean? That, no. that stuff got lost. It got lost and it would not have been ever revealed had it not been for anonymous bringing it back to social attention, especially with all the attention that they have now to their platform is bigger than it has ever been. It's, it's so, it's just ridiculous because one of the documents that was released, it's it's an official document. It says United States District Court, Central District of California, and it's the these look these are official documents. They at least mm-hmm. look like official documents, and it's there's just so much. 
There's so much that just we were talking about earlier that just got swept under the rug and would have disappeared forever. We would have never, you know what I mean? So many things would just go completely unspoken of. It's insane. Insane. I don't know, man. It's, it's just, it's, it's crazy. And I mean, right now they've seemed to have been on, they've, they've been on a really big tear on Trump trying to, you know, expose him for a lot of the bad shit that he's done in the past. So well, about to say something. yeah, here's another one. Um, this is like a little statement. It says, in addition to Stephanie Clifford, AKA actress Stormy Daniels, I think, do we all remember what happened? Oh with yeah, her? yeah. Didn't she sue Trump for something? I think they had that sex was, or something. I think that was, to- wasn't that the grabber by the pussy? Wasn't that, was that her? No, she's a porn star. I don't think that was directed towards her. I think he that was saying her? that. You know, he oh, was, saying, he was that, just saying that in general. Yeah. In conversation. Oh, like, Oh, oh well, I'm okay. famous. You don't have to do anything for girls. You can just grab them by the pussy. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. So like, okay. So AKA actress Stormy Daniels and former playboy model, Karen McDougal, Cohen uh, reportedly helped settle a number of rape cases involving Trump. WMR received a list from a reputable Republican source of these settlement claims, all of which involve male and female minors. See um, even more of it. The oldest person on this list is 13 years old. That's youngest that's- is 10. And like I said before, none of us here know if this is real or not. No, we right. don't know. No, I mean, I I can't say one way or the other, but it is interesting that this information is, you know, coming about whether or not it's, it's real. It obviously has some serious allegations against some really, really important people. Yeah. So it's just, it's crazy that, you know, now, you know, it's, it's, it's really weird to me that anonymous exploded as much as it did in the past couple of weeks. I think it, I think it's just because of people's curiosity, but go ahead, Alex. No, I didn't have much to contribute. <laughs> I'm like so I'm so quiet this episode, but do you think that a lot of this shit that happens like it has like it has to do with power? Yeah. Think, like it's all yes. about power. I mean, for the most part, I think that's a pretty safe assumption. Uh, you know, I mean, you get, you know, obviously the then every man there's pedophiles all over the place that fucking, you know, to catch a predator, I think we talked about briefly. Yeah. I just can't wrap my head around it, dude. It's it's how big it is, right? It's crazy how big it seems. Like from from what in just in the Epstein documentary alone, I mean, dude, hundreds of fucking people. Yeah. Hundreds of them. And it's just it's a horrible thing. Like what Croft you just said, fucking ten to thirteen year olds, goddamn. Like that's insane, man. That's so it's sickening. Like I felt bad for for these fucking you know, 15, 16, 17 year old girls, but like 10 to 13 is even fucking more of a kid than that. Like, right. Right. And he settled all of these with million dollar payments. And that's the thing. Allegedly. That Allegedly. Out of shit like this money shouldn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> well, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause money's a construct of humans. You know, it's not, it's not a tangible thing like somebody's life or mind or any of that stuff. Dude, this shit bums me out. <laughs> so much shit. Bums me out. Very dark <laughs> shit. No, no, no. But it's a, it is important to talk about though. It is. I know. I know. Like I any, know. anybody who hasn't seen the documentary, watch that shit, even if it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's important. You it just is. have to. I, know. That, I, I, need, I need to get over that, that like. That sentiment. Yeah. 
it's okay to be uncomfortable because a lot of this shit is not something that you can easily digest. So I think it's safe to assume, Nate, I appreciate you saying, you know, chiming in when I was stuck there trying to think of a word. So if, if I start to stutter like that, like, and I don't, you know what I mean? I get quiet. I'm trying to think of a, like a big word to say, a smart boy word, and I can't think of it. So if you know what I'm talking about, you know where I'm trying to get at, just feel free to fill in the, fill in the blanks. Nope. First one was a freebie. And from here on out, I'm going to let you flounder as long as it possibly takes. I don't care if there's 30 seconds of silence moving forward. We're going to let you try your best. I'm so dumb. Best way to teach someone to swim is just throw them in the pool. You know, I guess so. No, but no, definitely not. They'll drown. (laughs) Miraculously, babies know how to swim really well. Have you guys seen the videos? Is that true? Like that, that's a hundred percent true. They just know. And then some people forget. There are special like therapists, swim therapists that you put babies in pools and they just fucking backstroke and do. When did you learn? When did you learn how to swim, Croft? I think I was probably like six or seven, right? Oh, God damn, dog. I don't even know how to ride a bike still. You know how to. Dude, he doesn't have a dad. Stop. I don't have a dad. Get off my back, dude. Neither do I, but I just learned how to ride a bike. Stop making me. Yeah, you had an older brother. I didn't even have that. Yeah, it's true. He was the older brother. Right. And I didn't. I just fucking didn't know how to ride a bike. I'll teach you. I mean, you. I probably could. It doesn't seem like it's that hard. I imagine if seven-year-olds can do it, I could probably do it, given a couple attempts. <laughs> <laughs> Man, dude, I don't know. I'm just we talk about a lot of dark stuff. Yeah, there is a lot of dark stuff, but there's a lot of good stuff too. There's a lot of good stuff that goes on. That's what I'm saying. If you if you haven't noticed, I'm trying to steer away from this conversation because that shit just put me in a wild disgusting. Let's see where we're at. at. We are at an hour twenty, so let's talk about some good shit. Yeah, let's change change the mood a bit. Change the mood. This shit makes my neck hurt. How's everybody's sex life? Come on, dude. I think I asked that the other time. That was literally the transition last time. You know, you're the only one out of all of us who's consistently having sex. Barely. Dude, consistency is not the word. (laughs) But here's the thing. You having sex once a month is consistent to me and Croft or Croft and I. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's as a person who I'm, I'm young, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm a young adult and my fiance is also young and we're not married and I don't want that to even be a thing. You know, that, that whole adage of like married people don't have sex. It's honestly not that it's just, we've been dealing with a lot of heavy shit going on in the world, man. It's hard yeah. to, fucking, it's hard boring. to get boner when I'm thinking about all these bad things happening. Yeah, you know? Dude. Yeah. Actually, if you, if you get a boner during these times, you're a psychopath. Right. Nope. I'm unless, super. Unless it's a uh, morning wood. That doesn't count. Does it? I don't know. Ask Croft. Can you tell the story about about your uncomfortable experience with Croft? <laughs> oh boy, yeah. So it was oh, what was it? A summer ago, we went to uh, the Outer Banks. Beautiful, beautiful home we stayed in. I mean, just gorgeous. Um, like Jeffrey Epstein. Like, I'm talking oh, like real. Come on, come on. It was okay. a big house. It I don't was, know if that horrible shit went on there, but it was a big house. No, it was. It was some it was, weird uh, shit has probably happened in that house before. Yes. Yeah. Any, any unfortunately, mental- unfortunately, everything in that house while we were there was illegal. It should be illegal, but some of the things that happened were were rough. Anyway, so uh, I think I think it was a Wednesday. Actually, it was the day where I I didn't drink. I stopped drinking for the rest of the trip because I was burned out from like the previous three days. So I Crawford goes out to the bar in the Outer Banks, Kill Devil Hills, to be exact, 
And I mean, he's drunk trying to convince me to go out. I don't want to go out. I just want to sleep. I get home or I go to bed. Me and Crawford end up sleeping in the same bed that night. King size. Don't be weird about it. Um, <laughs> and Did you guys 69 or was it? No, 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 no. Honestly, usually like I do the whole thing, you know, no, no, we shared the, I'm pretty sure we shared a pillow at once at one point. But I, anyway, I wouldn't remember. I don't even remember getting home. Oh no, but I'm going to refresh your memory. You fucking piece of shit. Now listen, <laughs> you come home stumbling in the room. You go into the bathroom. You, you, you woke up from being asleep. Oh yeah, dude. When something that, <laughs> something that size comes stumbling drunk into your room, you're bound to wake up. So he comes in stumbling like, oh man, should have came. I'm like, dude, just what? do what you what? got. Like, like you should have, you should have came We're out. trying to convince Alex that you should, that he should have came out. And uh, it was fun. I broke a glass and they kicked me out. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, dude, I don't care. Anyway, he goes, I broke one of their glasses. You know goes, how hard it is to replace that? I forgot he goes, about that. He goes into the bathroom, pukes everywhere. Literally everywhere but the toilet. Right. Pukes all over the toilet. Anyway, so we, we sleep on the same bed. I wake up the next morning. I'm, I'm facing away from him, and he's laying flat on his back just in his boxers. I flip over to look who's next. Well, I know it's him next to me. I flip over to you know just kind of see if he's awake or whatever. He was fully erect not fully. not like a, not like a slouch in just half no, no 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 this was i mean i i don't think I, i've never been in the presence of a man who was so hard before <laughs> i looked over and he was the hardest i've ever seen from like <laughs> and i realized at that moment that i need new friends and I wanted I, – I, I felt like a victim. I, I needed to get myself out of that situation. I mean, he had his shirt off. He had no he, – he wasn't covered. It was just Crawford. Oh. Imagine Crawford in a ponytail. You had a ponytail in? Did did I? Slept? You yeah, slept yeah. in a ponytail? Dude, he, I don't remember coming home that night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't he try to say that it wasn't no, listen, him? Wait, no, yeah, I, was, I was like, dude, you fucking – no, not only, not only did he throw up, he shit. I'm pretty sure he shit on the floor. Oh, that's not and, true. And that is I, not true. I was, I was like, Croft, I, I can't confirm that. But I was like, Croft, you got to clean that up. And he looks in there. He's like, that wasn't me. And I was like, what the fuck was it? Like, what do you mean that wasn't you? He's like, dude, I know that wasn't me. I would remember that. And I was like, no, you don't, daddy. You're fucking hard right now trying to tell me you didn't throw up in the goddamn bathroom. That's my favorite part is that he was defending himself with a full fucking boner. I know. I was like, listen here, baby cakes. You threw up in there and do something about that goddamn boner because I'm not going to lay in this bed with you as long as you're erect. I've never uh, been so uncomfortable in my entire life. I think, okay. So first off, like I said, multiple times already, I don't remember coming home at all. The last thing I remember, like you were fucking convicted and that it wasn't you that shit on the floor because I didn't remember. I, I, I remember breaking the glass and that's it. You'd have to ask the two other people that were with me what happened because they got me home. Oh, that's so fantastic. I listen, fuck. I don't care how you got home. All I know is I woke up with you erect and shit and throw up in the bathroom. Damn, dude. We know what turns Croft on now. Oh, God. Dude, I swear to God, if you would have poked me with that boner. Oh, that would be so good. Wait, but Alex, that's you're the one that fucking... Wait, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Here we go. Here we, I shouldn't... I, you know what? I, I, oh, God, that was my oh, wait, fault. I want to hear where this is going because I'm not exactly I wanna, sure. I want to start this story with your grandfather is one of the nicest men oh, I've ever seen. Oh, Dude, I was nine years old. Come on. 
I really hope my grandparents don't listen to this. Uh, if they do, shout out my mom and pop. No, not shout out mom and pop up. This is not a shout out moment. I mean, what can you do? You're nine. Oh it's gosh. not like you're getting boners for any good reason. Okay, can I just defend I re- myself? I remember when I was nine, dude. Every boner I got was absolute confusion. It dude, was I used, to, I used to close my my boner in the refrigerator. No, you fucking did. I swear to God. Why? I swear to God. It just anything feels good when you're a kid and you're hard. You just want to do something with it. You know what I mean? I, I mean, it was just every time it was something. I was just terrified. I did not know any time what was going on. I didn't have a dad to tell me, hey, man, that's a boner. You know? See, this is my personality. As soon as we start talking about guys' boners and shit like that, I start chiming in. That whole time, <laughs> yeah. that whole that time I was quiet and it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. Underage girls get in touch by Epstein. That's really sad. I don't really have anything else to add on the situation. But guys' boners, though. Hey, I can All talk right, for take hours. It away. Take it away. So, yeah. So, your grandfather, pretty cool dude. Yeah, neat, neat guy. I, I do you really want to tell that. Do you really want? No, to I don't. Him? I don't at all. I don't want to yeah, speak I don't, on this. I, I didn't think you. Would. I, woke <laughs> up, I woke up. I woke up poking my grandfather. All right, I gave him a few pokes. I didn't know I was doing it. It was in my sleep. Next story. <laughs> Man, that's so crazy. I I don't have grandparents or a dad or anything like that. So I don't, I don't have really. A dad never, I've never had an opportunity to poke one of my family members with my erection, but I imagine it's a pretty uncomfortable experience. I mean, yeah. I think you should give a little bit of a backstory, um, like where you to. were, why it happened. You know, I don't think now. they need it. I think I've I've given enough. They already think that I'm weird. You're gonna you're gonna let the imagination just no, wander. The moral of the story is it might even be worse. If yeah, you are sleeping with me, man or woman. You're bound to get poked. I don't mean to do it. But I wake up doing it. Do you do you sleep cuddling a pillow all the time? That's why. every every single night. I like to feel like something's there. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's why I I wake, I, I wake up poking my pillow. Man, it's just it, I don't know why I do it. I can't help it. It's just what I do. I don't get morning wood like that that often. Every morning. Wait, damn, really? I, I can't remember a morning where I didn't wake up hard. You got you know the boner that you get when you have to when you're holding in pee. That's the only boners I get in the morning. Well, that's Most what it is. It's not like a horny boner. It's like I have to piss. I get but, the horny uh, boners too every now and then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think everyone gets a horny boner. I think that's the. I don't know in the morning though. What I'm saying. You know uh, what really uh, scared me once? It was uh, back when I was smoking cigarettes pretty regularly. Like, oh no, that actually like fucked with my bloodstream. This is amazing. Like, with the blood flow. Tell the tell the story. About when you hit that cigarette the one time. What did you get hard? No. Oh came. yeah 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 yeah. No, that's not uh, exactly true. <laughs> you told me that you came from hitting a cigarette before. It kind of felt like it. I don't know exactly what happened, <laughs> but it felt <laughs> like. It. All right. Yeah. Wait a sec. What? How don't I know this? I think I've talked about this before. No, really. not not once. And let me tell you, if you're worried about it changing my opinion about you, you should feel that way because it's absolutely going to. <laughs> Start the story. Don't skip any details or else I'm going to know that you're lying. I don't exactly. I mean, I was driving home. Hard. And you have to be hard. I, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess I was a little, I, I guess. Yeah. And I just remember, I think I was trying to give up cigarettes. And maybe it was like a week or two and I had one and, you know, things just kind of happened, I guess. I don't know exactly. 
It, it was a long time ago. Like I don't, I don't remember exactly. Things when that kind happened. of happened. Yeah, what the fuck kind of cop out is that? So you inhaled a cigarette and you came your pants. That's no, the story. That's that's a exaggeration. That's what you told me. Yeah, but like it's an exaggeration. It's not exactly verbatim what happened. So as you hit it and you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> on the exhale. <laughs> that's, that's how. That's what I imagine you sound like. like <laughs> I mean, I don't like, I'm not trying to like call you out for, for like coming when not touching yourself, but like you weren't even doing anything remotely sexual. You were sucking on something and you can't. Oh, that's not true. That's not fair. That's not fair at all. That's not fair. Oh man. That's such a good way to put it though. Oh my God. Uh, Oh, that's so funny. My God. That's so funny. Thank God you you switched positions. You are still what me? Oh yeah, yeah that was, that was a yeah that was a very that was an unflattering angle. I'm chilling, bro. This is my Friday. Get off my fucking jock, dude. It is Friday. It's, it's everyone's Friday. Friday. Yeah, yeah, but mine specifically. I'm taking this one. Uh, You're taking this, this one for, you? for yourself. This one's for the team. You know what I mean? What? Yeah. <laughs> what? 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 Um. Yeah, Croft. I'm surprised that you still haven't been able to shake your nicotine addiction. I'm getting close. No, you're not. Yeah, you I am. Not. No, you're not. No, I, I am. I am getting close. How? You think so? Because it's the just... last time I was with you, you dropped it in your car and you had a panic attack. <laughs> that was a while ago. That wasn't the last time we were together. Crawford, that was two weeks ago. Was it? <laughs> you just hear his lips slap together. No, no, no. But seriously, because I, I, I went a couple days when I was sick without it, and I didn't miss it as much. So. Dude, smoking when you're sick is one of the worst fucking feelings ever. I remember when I used to smoke cigarettes, I'd be like, somebody please help me, because this is not okay. I don't know. I don't miss that shit at all. Um, yeah. I, I, somebody else help me out. I'm floundering, please. Yeah, no, I mean, that. I... I'm kind of scared of that fact though. Cause like I am, my, my dependency is definitely going down, but there are going to be a ton of moments in life where I'm like, God damn, I wish I had a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Well, they say that you never fully shake it. Like you're oh, always going uh, to have a craving. Even when you're like 30 years without cigarettes, there might be one stressful day where you're like, wow, I could go for one, but it's just, it's like a, it's a never ending battle. You're kind of it's, it's like addiction sounds. with alcohol, drugs, anything. You're always, I haven't, I haven't consistently smoked in, well, probably a year, I want to say. And what do you consider I mean, consistently smoking every day? Like, a cigarette? Yeah. yeah. Like okay. I, I stopped. No, no, actually, just cigarettes in general about a year ago. I, I had a vape for a while, but I, that wasn't good enough. Um, I'd say probably I haven't, I haven't smoked anything with nicotine in it in, uh, probably about eight months. Right. And last week I was drinking and I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll take a drag from a cigarette. I took one drag and I was like, okay, yep. Nope. Can't do this. Put that shit right down. Cause I'm like, this is, it's so easy. It's so easy. It's so easy just to get right back on that horse. Yeah. Right back on that horse. (laughs) What? (laughs) I just like the way you said that. I'm on that hose dog. Dude, I'm out of breath. From being fat or just from sitting down and everything. Yeah. Well, I had to turn off the air conditioner because uh, that's something. Why are you wearing a sweatshirt right now? Is it not like really hot? Well, the air was on and I felt fantastic, but that's half the reason. The other half is, and I'm sure, you know, Croft, you probably share this sentiment, but I'm pretty sure all of us are ashamed of our bodies 
Um, I don't yeah. like it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm not happy about it, but I can get over it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, wearing sweatshirts definitely helps. You don't have to feel fat when you're hunched over. Do you know what's like, super disgusting when you take off your shirt and then do a slow mo video of you jumping? No, I can't torture myself like that. Oh, when did you? Yeah, the when did the you just, shit going on in the world right now is already too much for my psyche to handle. If I took a video of myself jumping slow mo, you would never hear from me again. Yeah, that's a that's a end all be all type thing. Coronavirus took the fucking I like. I've never really worked out consistently in my life, and like I finally found a gym that I really enjoyed, and I was getting a swing of things, and then it fucking took it from me, just yeah. like that. fucking right up. Yeah, but you could always run outside and do things. I don't think that's a. No, nope, I don't like I don't like bugs. That'll be my okay, excuse. But that's not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't fucking say it was valid. All right, but that's the one that I'm using. I, yeah. I don't like bugs. I get bit by mosquitoes too much, and mosquitoes have malaria. Not the ones here. Shh. Shut the fuck up. They have it. No, Do they we, have a. What? What were you about to say? No, I was just going to say we've been going for an hour, over an hour and a half. Congrats to us, right? Yeah. You, are you not having fun anymore, Alex? Okay. No, actually, not at all. So, wow. I'm just kidding. Get off. It'll be I'm the, the, the Roth and Nate show from now on. Oh. That would be the most boring podcast. We need the balance. No, we, we have moments. Yeah. But, we all have our moments. No, you guys yeah. are great. You've controlled this entire episode. I just. Well, this, this episode is a little bit more of like a serious thing. And I know you're not dumb. You just don't have a strong vocabulary. When did he <laughs> say. Did no, he no, no, say no. He was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that came out so, so much more mean than I meant it to be. No, no, no. It's not mean at all. It's, you're just. You're, you're right. I struggle. Okay. All right. All right. It's not even that you don't, cause I've heard you say some pretty profound things. And I think that when you're, when your mind is, is hundred percent focused on something, you can talk about things with some, you know what I mean? But you also have some of the absolute worst ADHD I've ever seen a person it's, have. It's, it's horrible, dude. You have the lowest attention span of, you're the only person who I can be looking at directly in the eyes, having a conversation with, and you will drop out halfway through. And I know it too, because you completely just look in another direction. I can tell you that you're thinking. Everybody knows it, dude. And it's, I weird too, it's weird too, that you wanted to do this platform to express yourself where all it is, is talking. Yeah. I know. I don't know. I just think I have a lot of things to say and I just don't know how to say them. And I don't know why. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> it's like somebody it's like somebody whose english isn't their first language and they get frustrated when they're trying to explain a concept oh, oh dude brings me to my next thing 90 day fiance update i'm pretty sure i'm watching something where a guy is definitely talking to an underage girl who falsified her fucking papers really 100%. can we okay here's the thing can we stop talking about the underage shit that stuff just like i don't think he knows i think she's doing it to try and fucking marry somebody you know, was the show married. like the show hinting at it or something? No, not at all. Just like she, a feeling. She just looks very young, and just it, the way that she acts is very immature. And it's just you know, just a little. It, it makes me uncomfortable. And he's he's very strange in that every hug he gives, he nonstop pats the person's back, and that pisses me off more than anything. Just like a pat pat shake, mm-hmm. shake pat, pat. It's, it's it's pat pat shake but much at a much more frantic pace so oh it's like, god it's like shake 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 it's like crazy like it's manic and he's definitely out there this motherfucker went took went to brazil 
in not like Rio de Janeiro, like not a city, like Brazil, Brazil, like the rainforest Brazil to meet this girl with five boxes, like giant tote boxes of supplies to meet this girl. Like for himself or to give to her? So, so that they would, ha- he brought like chips and shit because he was staying there for a little while. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not brought, like bug spray and chips and that was all it. you need. That's all you need when you go to Brazil is bug spray and chips. Like I admire him for, you know, believing in love, but like they don't even speak each other's languages even a little bit. They communicate through a fucking translator app on his phone. Do you, um, so you've been like, I think you've said this a couple times now. You've been watching a lot of reality TV over just, the course just, of this. I enjoy watching insane people. Do you think that some of it is scripted? A hundred percent. Okay. Here's what, at least with 90 day fiance, I know because there's a, somebody on Reddit did like uh, one of the producers of the show didn't ask me anything. Yeah. So people asked him that question. Well, it's not that it's entirely scripted, like they're actors, but the production team definitely puts them in situations where drama happens. Oh, it forces it. They like lead them to, to dramatic things and they pick certain days to do shoots and film where they're like going to the mall and like, you know, like all this stuff, they don't just film them every day, just chilling at home. Well, also, so, yeah. also shows like, like bachelor in paradise or like, um, uh, the bachelor bachelorette. If somebody's not interesting, like if they, if they're choosing not to be in the drama, they'll purposely kick them off the show. Fuck yeah. I don't want them off the show, but they'll do things like, like in the bachelor and bachelorette, uh, at, there's like a rose ceremony and whoever doesn't get a rose has to go home. They take out all the people who aren't interesting and like, yeah, you got to go home because you're not part of like the drama. You that's need, like stuff like that. You, you need, need to be like, crazy people. Like it's it's only that's the only reason why I watch this shit. It's not interesting. It's not. It's funny because the people are crazy, but it's not like funny. It's not. There's nothing about it. I don't care about anybody's relationships. You know, it's what like I mean? watching the chaos. Uh, I, my opinion. I, I, I don't. I don't, I'm saying for myself, I don't give a fuck about any of that. I care about the craziness. I want to watch crazy people do crazy shit. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a, like a, a sociology study. Like I like to observe like just the weird, crazy shit that people do. Yeah, like, it's like watching the chaos. Unfold. This dude that I was talking about was like, I'm not going to get intimate with you. That's how he says it. Intimate. I'm not going to get intimate with you until you take an STD and pregnancy test. Oh, like motherfucker. She is young. She's like, do you suspect me of being pregnant? She's like 90 pounds soaking wet. Oh my God. And he's like, yeah, a hundred percent. I do like, why Checking are you trying his to his bases? <laughs> so you're one of those fucking people. The next girl you meet, I bitch before no. we get seriously dating, take a fucking pregnancy test. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, it's so crazy. Man, his bases, man. Oh, you know what I was thinking about? I, I think, um, you know, a couple episodes back, I, I think we're at a little bit of an advantage because I was starting to look in, into like merch and stuff, and I want to start getting some stuff made. I don't think we have to worry about getting like XL or double XL stuff made because I don't think a lot of big people are going to be fans of this because of Croft. Yeah, so, dude. Excuse me. Wait, what? I would like to take this time to apologize on Crawford's behalf for not well. enjoying the and not liking the fat community. What? <laughs> <laughs> the fat community, dude. We're Which fat. I'm a part of. I, that's what I'm saying. I'm a part of it. Uh, oh, you're talking about. Oh, okay. I know. What hey, you're Croft, uh, this is 2020. Hate speech doesn't belong anywhere. So I wasn't. It wasn't. 
I wasn't trying. I wasn't trying to make it sound like that. It came out uh, really badly. I was never trying to insult anybody. That was not my intention, buddy, buddy. It's a joke. This last fucking however long, what twenty minutes has been jokes because we talked about some heavy, heavy shit yeah, earlier on. It was a lot. Shit sucked. Let me ask you guys like a, a, a more on the serious side question: Are you guys afraid to have children in this like world in this climate? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I just think I'm a no. I would be more afraid because I'm not ready. I don't think it. It, it has to do with like outside. It's like yeah, yeah. yeah I think just personally, that's what terrifies me. I mean, I think I, you were born to be the fun uncle. Like that's your. So you don't you don't think I should have kids? I think you should give it a go, but if they don't you give it a go, so if it doesn't work out, do I just leave? You're like ah no, shit, no, 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 I try no, no. my best. You guys have a good one. <laughs> no, that's what that's what my dad did, and I fucking I came out of that. So definitely don't do that shit. But I know uh, I'm not. <laughs> don't leave them, but Never. don't be surprised if, if they, they leave me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, here's what's. I think this is so crazy because oh shit, what is that? Oh my God. Some sort of weird bug. Okay. So here's what's crazy about the whole kids thing. You can do your best, right? Like prove them right from wrong. Teach them in the best possible way. When it comes down to it, you have no control. I think that's true to a point. Yes. To an an extent. I think like early years are definitely very influential in that when like, I think there's a period of time in adolescence where like kids and parents just aren't supposed to be on the same wavelength. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I think that, you know, early childhood kids are super dependent on their parents and that's the chance that you can plant the seeds of, of being a good person, anything that you want to teach them, the values that you want to instill, that's when you do it. But then there's a a point in time they get old enough and they're like, I'm not going to listen to anything you have to say. Well, I think it's also, that's what I was going to say. I think you have to like, let them live, let them experience things on their own. If you keep on preaching your, your own like beliefs or like, let them develop their own beliefs. Right. And then do and experience life. Because if you're that controlling and I've, I've seen it like, firsthand with people that I know that you, your kids will resent you if you, 100%. you know what I mean? So I think just let them, let them go to that party within reason. You know what I mean? Don't let them just fucking like, well, a go. lot of, and a lot of like that, that period of time that we're talking about is like a lot of self-discovery that's important for young people to be, to, to learn things on their own and by trial and error. Cause the only way to improve yourself is to make mistakes. So like, you know, that's what kids do. And then I think after that point, is the period of time when you're older and then you become friends with your parents, which is the coolest thing. Right. I, I love it. I just think that parents take it too seriously when your when their child doesn't have the same beliefs or the same, you know, mindset you do. I, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like ultimately I would just want my kid to be happy. And if it's, you know, believing something else that I don't believe, I don't know. But, I just, I want my kid to be obviously happy over a lot of things, but I think also just like to, to guide them in the direction of being right. a good person. You right. know what I mean? Get him, get him, put him in the wagon and get him started down the hill of being a good person and Build then the let, foundation. Them, yeah. let them ride down the hill and take the bumps and fall out of the wagon as long as they, you know, make it down the hill and become let, a good person. Exactly. Let right. them poke people when they wake up in the morning. If that's what your kid does. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> no? Don't let no. them do that to strangers. No. Oh, no, no, never mind. Never. I take that back. No. Just family members, no strangers. <laughs> 
That might even be worse in a lot of instances. And that's a rule I live by, dude. As long as it's family <laughs> members, you ain't going to get in trouble about it. Just awkward silences. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, kids are a tough thing now. I think it's scary for a lot of people. The only reason why I brought it up is because like, like people we know and people we're close to are, are going to be raising kids and, and people are like, it's, we're at a really interesting point in time where every, okay, this is going to be a little bit of a deep dive into a thought process. I was thinking about this the other day. So for a good portion of our early years and like childhood, just because of the way, especially that the school system is laid out, you and your peers, people of the same age group are on pretty much the same exact trajectory and at the same steps in their lives. Obviously, everybody has their own shit that they deal with, all that stuff. But then it gets to a point after high school when people start to to branch out and go in different directions and people do things in different steps in different orders. And I think where we're at, where we're young adults, only two of the three of us have graduated college. We do things in different orders. People who are in our close circle are already having kids like where everybody's really at a different point in life and doing things their own way. I think that it's, it's just very fascinating that that's where we're at in our lives, that that's like the, the amount of transition that we're at. Like some of us are getting married. Some of us are crying alone at night still. Like it's crazy that we're all. Dude, we didn't even mention that. <laughs> when was the last time that you guys had a good cry? A good cry. Like wow. A good, like sobbing cry. Honestly, it's been a while. It's been a while for me. Um, probably about two years. It comes. It dude. it kind of uh, it kind of comes back to that whole thing I was talking about last episode, where I don't let myself feel like if it starts happening, because it has it happened. You know, probably the last six months after my relationship ended, I I was like I noticed that I'm doing it, and I'm like, okay, you gotta fucking stop. No, that's like bullshit. I no, I do. I tell myself to do that shit. I'm like, yeah, don't do stop. that. Cry, that's dude. Shit, that's so unhealthy. I do. Cry your little fucking heart out. No, I do it. I I no. tell myself to fucking stop, and I do. No, mm-mm. no, you gotta cry. I cried fucking a couple weeks ago. I had my first good cry in a long time, and it felt fucking great afterwards. Oh, what was God. it? Why were you crying? What? Oh, just something that happened when I was at the mountains. Uh-huh. Um. Where like we were having fun and there was this other family that was there. Like we were with like a big group of people, and right. probably should have been, but like it, there was like a couple different, just because the houses are all kind of close to each other. So you interact with people that are staying around you. And so this one group that was there, really nice family, but the um, mom of that family was pretty drunk the first night that we were there. So we were drinking with her and like teaching her drinking games and shit. And she was a joy and she was really interesting and fun. But she made this joke because I have a red beard. They're all Irish. They were like, oh, you have, you have red hair. You'd fit in with our family. Let's just adopt you. And so I was like, oh, cool. Like I got a new family. Like that's sick. So I was like, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm new to your family. You adopted me. And like the dad was there too. And I remember like we were like around the fire, everybody, we were listening to music, everybody was just bullshitting. And I like threw a piece of wood in the fire and I was like, oh, look dad, I did it. And he was like, good job, son. And for some fucking reason that hit me right in my taint of sensitivity where I had never heard that growing up. Not once. I was never, not from my dad, nothing. So like I ingested that, you know what I mean? And like sat with it and it, it changed my mood. And then later on the night, obviously I was drinking and shit. And right. I get, I get, I'm a sensitive drunk. I'm like, you a, are very I'm bitch made when I'm drunk. No, not so, bitch made. 
No, but like that, I had myself a good cry because I was like, "Why do he never love me? He never told me good job." Like, you know what I mean? So it was good, though. It was a good, like, cathartic experience. So, Croft, when you say you hold everything in, stop being a pussy and cry. Let it out, baby. <laughs> let it out, baby girl. Cry, man. Cry, girl. Shit, I'm about That's to cry. Right now. I just want to let it out. Yeah, I just, I, I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, but I'm telling you, that is some fucking stupid shit. Yeah, because it com- it all comes out at once with you, and we talked about it last episode, so we don't have to get into it. But it, yeah, you got to let yourself feel, let your you let your emotions out, dude. Yeah, man. Ah, oh, wow. new topic. This, this is yeah. you're such a oh man. It bothers me that you're not willing to talk about it. No, I mean I can, but it's just I, you got all right, Dad. All you got to do, cry, cry every now and then. Get a good cry in. And cry so that other people hear you. Like, get got, that kind of cry. I got nothing to cry about right now. Dude, I, we, I, I will literally cry with you. I, I would actually love that. Would I would you? love to cry with you. Yes. Ooh, a group cry? That's always a little, fun. little bonding moment. We can uh, hold right. each other. As soon as you get hard, though, I'm out. But Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, you got to think, when you're, when you're with your bro and you're having a – like, here's my thing. No. Okay. Whenever whenever I know I'm going to hang out with my boys or whatever, I get hard. It's not because I'm horny. It's because I'm like a dog. When I get excited, I get hard. Like, you know, Yo, Alex, you want to go to Dorney next weekend? Boom, hard. And I'm like, yeah, sit, yeah, that'd be awesome. Roller coasters, yes, let's go. It's just excitement. So if me and you were crying together, I'd be like, wow, this is a really good – this is a nice moment I'm having with one of my best friends. Right. I'm bound to get hard. But not because wow. I want to have sex with you. Mm. Maybe a little bit because I want to have sex with you. But because I, I don't know. Emotions are in the air. We're both crying together. It's a, You know what I mean? Crying, it's a sensitive time. You got a big butt. Yeah, it makes sense. Oh, gosh. I get it. Man. Croft. We can edit that out. No, weird. no, no, no. We're, we're doing well. This, is, this has been a lot of fun. I feel yeah. like we've had some good some good discussions i don't mean to make it seem like it's ending but i guess i just kind of i got well no i want to i want to talk about one more thing i mean i'm i'm good to keep going but if you guys are i don't know it's my friday like i said so have you guys noticed since we started recording that instead of like us like texting about shit and like like oh this fucking happened that fucking happened we kind of conserve it yeah. And we use it right here, so we're like not like talking like yeah, as much. Have you guys noticed that? Yeah, I feel like that's natural though. Right? Yeah. Like no, yeah. Some have- yeah, some sometimes are like that. Yeah, definitely. I just felt like it's it's happening now because we want to use the really good stuff. I think to talk I think, about here. I think a little bit of that though is like we did that before when we were able to hang out every weekend. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would yeah. rarely text you guys. I would call you if like so. Oh shit! Hang on. I want to bring up something else that reminds me because it's something that I shared with Croft. I had to call him about it earlier. Um, but yeah, I think that because of like the virus and everything, because I don't actually get to see you like this is the, like once a week when I actually get to look at you guys and talk to you, you know what I mean? Whether or not that it's recorded, it's just like anything that I've thought about during the week. This is when I share it rather than us having a couple drinks and talking, you know yeah, what right. I mean? Right. Yeah. But that brings me to a thing that I completely forgot to mention. I, after work today, was getting a little bit of a lunch and when i was in line i almost witnessed two old men fist fight no way it was so fucking awesome and <laughs> the reason why it was so funny is because the older of the two gentlemen who was had to be in his 80s i'm gonna say so roughly 80s awesome. so old 
maybe 70, but he was, he was like, he was like, if you were to like, I feel like if you were to like karate chop his arm, it would explode into dust like that old. Oh, like, and he was the aggressor in the whole thing, which made me laugh even more, but he used such like a, a, a young insult to this guy. So, you know, in a lot of places, especially places like shout out the Wawa, I know it's not everywhere, but like where it is, we're blessed because Wawa is the absolute shit. Yes, it is. So I was in yes, a Wawa. When you're in a Wawa and you're waiting in line, they have stickers on the floor where you're supposed to stand to stay six feet distance from everybody. Coronavirus is not over. It might be, I don't know, but it's not over in terms of Wawa. So I was in the Wawa and I was in line and I was next up and there was a guy behind me six feet back on the other sticker. And as I go to start paying for my stuff, this 80 year old dude jumps in front of this like 60 year old dude. And the 60 year old dude was like, whoa, buddy, like I'm in line. We have to socially distance. The 80 year old dude was like, fuck off, which (laughs) I fucking loved because he was just instantly completely confrontational and did not move from the spot that he cut in line. So the 60-year-old comes up behind him and he's like, no, 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 I was in line. He starts to go around the dude and the line moved up a little bit. So both of them were walking side by side and they both look at each other and like pause for a second. And the the 80-year-old was like, what are you doing? And then the 60-year-old was like, oh, you fucking jerk off. Like I'm the one who's supposed to be going. They were just screaming this at each other in the line full of fucking people. And and they're so like, they're old and they're white and it's noon and it's nice out. Like it's... There's no reason to be acting like children in the Wawa. You're in a Wawa. Who's sad in a Wawa? Every, they have everything there. Wawa is the land of opportunity and possibility in the, on the East Coast. See, my, so, my, my ADHD is kicking in because for some reason I was picturing a Chipotle, that you were in a Chipotle. <laughs> it's a similar situation. I, 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 was, I was picturing Chipotle for some no, reason. where I'm at has no fucking bearing on the story. Basically, an old dude cut in line in front of an, uh, a little bit younger dude. The younger dude wasn't happy, but the older dude was the aggressor telling him to fuck off and was not moving. So they both start coming up like close to me and I'm stationary because I'm paying for shit so I can't move anywhere. So I get like front row seats. Dude, they came up like right next to me and the one dude was like, no, like I'm next. You got to get behind me. And the 80-year-old squared up and like threatened to punch the dude and the six-year-old was like, yeah, yeah, why don't you fucking do it then? Why don't you fucking do it? And then the guy was like, why don't you calm down, Karen? The 80-year-old called the 60-year-old Karen, which is such a millennial new insult that people use against each other. It was absolutely insane. I had never, seen, never seen anything like it. And Someone's home. Wait, what? Uh, sorry. Sorry. Someone's trying to come into my house right now. A dog. I hear a dog. It's probably Brandon. It's Brandon. Oh, he can get on the cast for a second then. Anyway, so yeah, it was it was pretty intense. And for some reason, the solution that the employees had to break these two men up was to get a four foot tall poor that poor lady. She was the only one standing in between them and each other, like each other's fists. And right. I I was in a rush. I had somewhere that I had to be. Literally, I was I oh my God. I, I wanted to stay and watch just to see what would happen. But the the younger gentleman was like, call the fucking cops. I don't care. And they were still like beefing and about to square up with each other. Yeah. And it's just, it was so weird to watch these two old dudes. And the 80-year-old said, Karen. He called him a Karen. That's so funny. It's the weirdest thing I've ever heard just because it's that's such a new thing. Karen started, what, last year? Yeah. On the internet? Like, on Reddit? Like, it's like what, an 80-year-old man. When I'm 80, you know what I'm going to be fucking doing? 
What's that? I'm not trying to fist fight people at a Wawa. You think so? <laughs> no, absolutely fucking not. I mean, honestly, with the way that I take care of myself, I don't know if I'm going to be be able to make it to a Wawa alone, but who knows? I can tell that you were not paying attention to any of that, Alex. It's so funny. You're like, oh yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, that's. I have like a, a built in system to where like when I'm not paying attention, I'm like, oh wow, shit, that happened. No, you know what I mean. Like I just say things. Yeah. That's no, like that's like real rude. I know. <laughs> that's <laughs> real rude. What? Uh, what? This is nice, guys. This is, is good. It? <laughs> this is a good. <laughs> Fucking a final story that got minor chuckles from Crawford, even though the absurdity of it was so high. And I'm not the best storyteller. I will give myself that. I really am not. A, I don't care to tell stories too much. I, like I think to make you paint a beautiful picture. I, I paint a good picture, but I don't get all the fun details in. But I would love to be a better storyteller. Continue. Just this 80-year-old man with his pants pulled up to his fucking belly button, real thin, shorter than me. Wow. Had the gall to square up to a 60-year-old guy. But here's the thing. When you get that old, you still have that me- – because this guy might have been a fighter when he was young. So you still have that mentality where like you can fuck someone up, but you don't. Like, you, also, you can't. You can't do that. It, who's to say at 80, year old, 80 years old, he still had the will to live. I certainly don't know if I will. Let you have done life at 80. You know what I mean? Life yeah. has been done for quite some time. I honestly believe that our life expectancy is going to go up oh, with our generation. Mr. UPS man came into the room. You're on the podcast, baby. Say what's up to the people. What up, people? Hey! <laughs> you are sweaty looking. I got weaned on all day. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. Did you not see the weather? Well, someone's got to work. <laughs> well, what can Brown do for you? <laughs> man, this was a good episode, though. I had a lot of fun. This was neat. Good one. It was a good one. Yeah. Talked about a lot of different things. A lot of different things. We did. Croft, can you do something about your face next time? Um, sure. I'm taking uh what? What would you like? What do you want okay. me to do? Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, 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 I blanked on the word, so I just wanted to continue with my thought process. I'm taking requests. There you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Your face is beautiful. You're beautiful. I got a uh, big forehead. Dude, I you, hope are you guys you, looking at this. I hope you uh I hope you survive this thing, man. Oh, I think on. I think a final thought I would like to leave us on is us talking about Crawford's head and face. You have an egg-shaped head, and Epstein had an egg-shaped penis. Oh, good callback. I like it. Yeah, you think egg shape is the right way to go? Can we uh, can we title this episode Crawford's Island? Oh, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> We're trying to make him the least. <laughs> Hireable prospect of all time. <laughs> no, we are not going to title this Crawford's Eye. We do have to think about a title for this one because we covered so many different things. We, we don't have to think about it right now that we can talk after we're done. Mm. Death yeah. Eaters, Islands, and Morning Wood. Now nah, we'll think about it. I don't think Morning Wood would be a good title just because of the first hour of what we talked about. Yeah, it was only like the yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, definitely not a good occasion. Oh, <laughs> that are crazy. Oh, I don't we know. Can title it massages for everyone. Nope, that's Dude. not a good one either. I don't like that. Let's cut that out. Fuck. Nope. 
Nope. <laughs> That's not getting cut. This is okay. You, you guys are getting a deep dive into our brainstorming sessions. This is how the magic happens <laughs> when it comes to naming the episodes. All right. We'll figure it out. I don't know, but I guess this is where we can leave it off. We had a solid two hours or close to it. Uh, so yeah, like us on all of our social media, if you would, please, that would be dope. We want to hear from everybody. Follow us too. Like, no, our- I don't, you don't have to follow my personal stuff. Just follow the, the, the Bonafides, because we're at, at Bonafides Pod everywhere. All quick the social media. Oh, quick thing I'd like to say real quick. What? I'm trying to get Shh. out of here. I know. I know. It's okay. Shout out to Wave. W-A-V-V-E. We use their platform and their tools to build our social media stuff. They liked our uh, last post, so shout out to them. We I think you're it. awesome. Yeah, they have it. cool tools. They have really cool tools. To it's use so much fun to use. So yeah, much very, and this is not obviously not sponsored. They just gave us a oh, little yeah, love. Yeah, we're trying to give sponsored. them, and we want to give them a little bit of love back. So super, That's super cool. simple to use. So yeah, I would suggest that people. And I think that I would be remiss to say, you know, outside of promoting our own selves, let's promote some fucking positivity because the world needs it right now. So love each other, and you know, reach out to to everybody. Make sure that everybody's all right and stand hugs, together. Hugs and kisses around. Don't be afraid. A little kiss on the cheek will go a long way. Use tongue on the cheek too. That's a special yeah, love. Yeah, more of a lick. Do a little bit of lick on the cheek. <laughs> a lick on the cheek. <laughs> that might be it. That might be the, the episode title right there. All right. Uh, well, yeah, follow us on our social medias. You can find the podcast every Monday. You know, we're working on some things, so stick with us. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Au revoir. Ciao. <laughs> Off to one. Uh, what's left? I don't know. We hit Italy and I think. Uh, what's what's um oh adios <laughs> dude that just gave me aids that was the worst thing I've ever heard in my fucking life all right that's it guys we are the bonafides we'll catch you guys next week thank you